Hey, you know, there's going to be some Hey Witch Hey merch down the line right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this right. little cold brew mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. logo. Ooh. Oh, like, okay. So, yeah. Which, like, okay. One brunette witch, one redhead witch, witch hats, cold brew, silhouetted. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Hey Witch Hey on the bottom. Make it happen. Right. <laughs> make it happen make it happen christina you're the artist in this oh i thought you were saying make it happen on the bottom no. of the shirt <laughs> okay no i meant you make it happen do okay. it okay i'll figure it out so very sleepy today yeah it's a sleepy day i want to i want to come at this with a gusto the normal <laughs> gusto but i don't have it because i don't have cold brew oh that's right yeah i'm also just drinking water <laughs> i woke up so dehydrated today i was like <gasps> <laughs> you were like Billy Butcherson. Do you get the so in my Marco? Do you get the nap time shakies? Do you know? What, do you ever feel that? Like when you when you like your body knows it's not supposed to be sleeping. You fall asleep and you wake yourself up and it, it's like your internal body is like sh- vibrating. I've you had know? no. I've never had like vibrating, but like I've definitely have like jolted awake, like feeling like that falling feeling. Like mm, I haven't mm-hmm. had that quite frequently. Mm-hmm. But not the shakies. That's <laughs> what the hell? The naptime shakies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who told me it was your astrological body trying to get back in. Uh, like I said, I wasn't doing anything productive. So That's scary. I don't know what I was doing out that whole time. <laughs> I yeah. don't... You were you were out seeing the sights. So, but we want to welcome you to Magnolia Street. I'm Christina. I'm Justina. We never introduce ourselves. We never introduced. Yeah, I just realized that. And we're the Stinas. We're yeah. the Stinas. Oh hi, nice to meet you guys. We're we're the Cenas, by the way. Seven episodes later. <laughs> I feel like I don't know if how anybody else listens to podcasts, but I do number I start at number one. And usually Same. you get the intro there and you recognize Same. their voices. But mm-hmm. some people don't work like that. I know. I know. We should probably start introducing ourselves for now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. We are here. We're and today we're talking about this was actually a random generated topic, right? We we pulled on our uh last episode at yes. the end of our episode. Um so nobody picked this. I didn't pick this, Christine didn't pick this, the patrons didn't pick this. This was a random generated topic for the month and it picked 90s witch fashion. Yeah. So that is what we're talking about today. Okay. 90s witch fashion. Um so, <laughs> this is going to be interesting cuz Justine and I were just talking about how we have totally different experiences with this because uh we're not the same age we're and we kind of grew up in different part. decades. Yeah, that's the cross. That, that blows my mind. I always thought we were like the same age. I know cuz you like I said before in like episode 1 you look immortal. You don't look <laughs> like your age. It's the blood of virgins. <laughs> I have a I got some city miles on my face so <laughs> I look a little older, I think. Um, Yeah, man. Good genes. Don't don't smoke. I don't even wear my sunscreen. (laughs) Wear your sunscreen. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I'm outside, 
And like, you know, I'm outside for a significant amount of time and I'm like in the garden or working on stuff, like I'll put on my sunscreen. But like on the day You don't have like a daily lotion with a sunscreen in it? Nah, bro. I'm so lazy. (laughs) I wake up, I shower, I slather on whatever I could find that's on the counter, like a Jergens or like, it's not even like a a face lotion. It's It's just just dish soap. Just dish soap. (laughs) It's it's dishwasher powder. Yeah. You just crack a Tide Pod in half. Like, and drip it like those vitamin C drops. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's exactly <laughs> what I do. We should also talk about, like, our, our 90s uh, makeup choices. <laughs> oh, oh, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that in a second. But do you want to tell, do you want to do this and tell people about the dream you told me about the other night? <laughs> uh-huh. I thought it was so fucking funny. I don't know. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about it. I had a dream that I was at this, like... I guess it was a podcast convention, like a bunch of different podcasters were, I guess, getting together or whatever. But like, I never saw the inside of this convention. Like, I never got to the convention part of this. (laughs) I was just in the bathroom and I was in a stall and I heard a group of girls in the stall next to me. And I was like, oh, that voice sounds really familiar. So I peeked my head over the stall and it's fucking Charlie from Waba. (laughs) Mesa's not even there. I don't even know where she was, but she was not part of this group of girls. It probably okay. was probably like two or three girls in the one stall. And I said something to them. I don't even, I can't even tell you what I said to them. I don't even remember. But then I like kind of like ducked my head back down and, you know, I was going to the bathroom, doing my thing. And then I hear, I hear them whispering and I'm like listening and I'm like, what are they saying about me? Like I had a feeling that they were talking about me. And um, they were, I, I think one of them was like, yeah, but I I heard that she like she doesn't wash her hands. <laughs> That's such a grade school thing to do. You know, right? So I was like, ew. So I get out of the stall and those girls were about to leave and I saw them, you know, about to walk out the door. And I I just said I went to them, I was like, excuse me. And then they turned around and I was like, I do wash my hands. <laughs> just for the record. Just for the record, I do. And then they left. And that was it. Oh, that's right. They were like, I was like, who told you that I didn't wash my hands? And they were like, oh, some girl named Christina. (laughs) And I was like, ew, you bitch. But I was like, how could you throw me under the bus like that? But I thought you were my partner. No, um, but but it wasn't it wasn't you, Christina. It was another Christina that I like had grown up with and but like I'm not friends with anymore. Yeah. So I was like, what the fuck? This is so what? random. <laughs> yeah. We have new patron, right? We got a patron. Kitty M, welcome to the Magnolia Street fam. Kitty M, welcome, little witch. Yay. We, we'll insert a sound here at some point. Clapping, like cheering, uh, stadium, stadium cheering. Just uh, handguns firing into the air. <laughs> that was my dream last night. Oh my God. So I had a Isn't dream that weird? That- isn't that weird how that like one word can trigger a whole freaking dream <laughs> sequence? I don't know if I need to go buy a shotgun or what, but like I was in my dream outside my house and I take I have to take the dog out at night to go to the bathroom. Like right before we go to bed, I take him out. And in my dream, I was doing that. Um, and there was somebody, there were like two people in my yard trying to come at me. And for some reason there was a shotgun outside, which I do not own. Um, and I started just, I, I grabbed it and I ran inside and I had that like panic of having to lock the door. There's a really good, um, I, one of the last spooky sodes, which pajama I did Corey's cauldron, Corey, 
the Corey talks about how he plays a game with, used to play a game with his brother of like one of them would be inside and the other one would be outside trying to get in. And the one had to lock the doors. Dude, this triggered such like a, like a childhood trauma for me. I don't know what it is. So like, if I ever have to lock a door, I always, always pan, like I push my hand against the door to make sure nobody's going to push it in. I don't know what happened. It's so scary. So anyway, I had a dream that people were trying to get in and I was firing a shotgun and, <laughs> and it was like not doing anything, but I, the person was like so close to me that I could put the sh- the shotgun like at, like in, in them. And they like glitched when I Ooh. touched them with the shotgun. Ooh, and so I started waving it in them and they were like, <laughs> <laughs> they were glitching out. And I remember it being like a, a pink red hue. It was That's- so weird. That's so bizarre. I don't That's like that. That's very strange. I don't like I that don't at all. Like that. So no. Kitty M, that these dreams are dedicated to you. Oh, she's you're gonna pass them on to her. Now she's gonna start dreaming of this shit. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So sorry. We just so, send our patrons glitter bombs and bad dreams. You know, we yeah. yeah. We want to give a shout out to our we already gave a shout out to Mirrors, but we wanted to um do a little spotlight on um this project that he's got going on, right? It was a little coincidental, kind of like how we kind of put two and two together. It kind of took us a minute, but oh yeah, we should tell that story. So yeah. uh Mears is one of our patrons and super sweet, super nice. And you had said um a while ago, because next to his name it says founder of Hero. Well, Hero is a platform that we have been using to compile all of our source links for show notes for below our episodes when you see it on spotify or i don't know i guess apple Podcasts, wherever you find our episodes if you scroll down to our show notes we have one solid link and if you go to that link it takes you to this platform called hero and that platform has all of our links that we um put in that entire episode so we saw we we knew he was a patron he signed up for our Patreon. We saw founder of Hero next to his name, right? So I was like, hey, is that the same hero as the site we're using for our links? And you're like, and oh, I was I- like, yeah. I was like, no, there can't that can't. That world would be way too small. I bet like it could be like a nonprofit. It could be fucking anything. And then a couple of days passed and I was like, he has a hero space. I'm just gonna call it here. It's it's hero.page. And I was like, I'm just gonna ask him. I'm gonna ask him. And he was like, yeah, I like to I like to think like I help create it. But yeah, that's that's my site. And that's how I found you guys. And I'm like, what the fuck? What mm-hmm. the fuck? So I started talking back and forth with them. And I can't say enough amazing things about this site, because it's exactly what I wanted to use for our platform. Because I know a lot of other podcasts link link their stuff below, like look at the links below. And I hate having to go through all, you know, all the links to search for something. Yeah. So this hero.page allows you to um, create your own page. And like we're doing for our episodes, make clusters of um, organized links. So we, for each episode we're doing, we also have like a main Magnolia street page. So you can go and see all of our, all of our uh, episodes and those links are all separated and you can add pictures, you can add drop down menus. So if you go to like our uh, meet the Stina's episode, and click on our hero page. There's a tabby for Justina with all of her stuff in it, and a tabby for me with all of my stuff in it. In the organization, it allows you to link to Instagram, it allows you to link to TikTok and YouTube and yeah. edit. I love this site it so much. Virgo bone. It tickled. Sure. It slapped me in the face with a leather glove. <laughs> tickled my Virgo bone. 
yeah so we just wanted to give a shout out to mirrors you're doing an awesome thing with your platform and we enjoy it very much so thank you for uh joining our patreon we really appreciate that we really appreciate it and and all the work you're doing on here it's such a fantastic idea i don't know who else um <laughs> needs to use links like this it would be great for like college kids have, you know who are writing papers and have to organize their sources and shit like that yeah. i really love this site yeah so thank you mirrors for keeping us nice and organized thank you mirrors. tickling our virgo bone okay, let's talk about some witch fashion and this uh we had a hard time deciding right between if this was going to be just like witch fashion including practical magic or all practical magic and i think practical magic is going to have its own episode for, yeah like Owen's for this yes for yeah. their costume design and everything like that but we touch on it in this one um but we should do you want to talk about our personal journeys through the 90s Jeez. Oh, all right well we've already established that i'm like so ancient compared to you so you can um, go first oh god thanks so when I, I was 13 when the craft came out and that was kind of like my first, oh, by the way, this is nineties, witch fashion, not just any witch fashion, specifically nineties, witch fashion. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I was 13, that's when, that's when I saw the craft for the first time. It's probably like around 1997. I want to say, I think it was in like seventh grade or so. And I just remember when I saw that movie for the first time, I was like, they made Catholic school look so cool. It's not, <laughs> that were, cool. it's not that cool. Well, I didn't go to Catholic school. I went to CCD, which is like an after school Catholic program. Mm -hmm. And also I, I must preface this by saying I hated going to that. Like I went begrudgingly. Yeah. Like, you know, that's just something that your parents put you through as a child. And you I went through it through high school because I went to a public high school and I hated CCD more than I hated Catholic school. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was like on a Thursday night after uh -huh. I'd already been to school. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think mine was on like a Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday mm -hmm. after school. So you're there till like seven, mm -hmm. seven o'clock at night. I don't know. I yeah. don't remember. I don't remember but... how <laughs> It probably was only an hour, but I remember like those classes just feeling like they lasted for fucking ever. Forever. It was torture. So I just remember like when I saw the craft, I was like, oh, they go to Catholic school. They make it look so chic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and a lot of the girls would like, you know, I was in public school. A lot of the girls would walk around with plaid skirts on. Mm. And like, like they looked like we looked like we went to a prep school because that's just all the shit that the girls would just wear. That's what was in. Okay. So, yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure I had like a couple of those plaid skirts. Um, sweater vests were a pretty popular thing with like the little mm -hmm. collar popping out. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. We had those uh chokers. I remember clear purses were a big thing. Like oh dang, clear. They were kind of like. Have you ever seen um like those jelly shoes? Yes. Kind of like a clear jelly shoe, but a purse, like a purse. The one I had had like smiley face flowers on them. Do you remember the chokehold that smiley faces had on the 90s? Oh my God. Patches, <laughs> purses, earrings. Yeah. They were everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. I don't know why smiley faces were such a I had thing. a smiley face birthday party. I was looking through pictures earlier today to look for shit to talk about. Yeah, and I was like, whoa! I was a a baby one year for Halloween, and my the pajamas that I wore were all smiley faces. The print was Adorable. smiley. Rosary bead necklaces were really mm -hmm. big. But the butter, uh, this was cool. This is a li little later on, like probably closer to the Y two K era. Mm -hmm. The butter, the butterfly. Do you remember the yes. butterfly? Oh yes, uh, yeah. I could never do my hair in the twisties. And there was always a girl in my school that had like, like her mom was really good at hair. Oh. And I was like, and oh, those, um, 
those headbands with like the teeth. Yes. That like combed your hair back. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I had so many of those. Scrunchies. Scrunchies. Snap bracelets. What else did I wear? Oh, those big ball, you know, those clasp chains, those like huge, like pure yes. balls. Like those were, those were a huge deal. Racer stripes were a big thing. You remember those uh, joggers with like the stripes down, like the Adidas oh, pants? Oh yeah. 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 Those are big. Oh, and the, the shoes that the girls wear in the craft, you know, those little, they're like black converse with the star. They're like low mm. tops. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Those, I had a pair of those. <sighs> I had a pair of those and I was like, oh, I look like the girl from the craft. <laughs> yeah. So the craft was a pretty big influence, I guess, on the way that I dressed in seventh, okay. eighth. I just wanted to be them. So that was like kind of like my first foray into the world of witchery as far as fashion goes. That's um, an awesome way to start. Right? Yeah. That's such I a rock and roll way to go. It didn't even just- start with Practical Magic for me. It was like the craft was the only movie I ever watched and I had it on a repeat every single freaking day yeah i was obsessed with that movie obsessed so yeah then i would have been uh much younger when i saw that so i was not allowed to like wear that stuff in school because like even going to a catholic school it's a bus there's no like leeway Uh in the uniform so we couldn't wear like a like a white shirt and the skirt it had to be a specific polo shirt the skirt the knee highs and Mm -hmm. Shoes that were not like too high or open toe or anything that, however, in the springtime when it got fucking hot as hell, the girls were allowed to wear shorts, which I would have worn all year long because I fucking hated wearing a skirt. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Oh yeah. The knee highs. I remember knee highs. Those were a big thing too. So like, like I said, Catholic school fashion was really in. Yeah. Yeah. So that happened to me much later in the photo I sent you a long time ago of me and my friend standing together with a few other people. So I pulled these out so I can scan them and um, we can do like a slide through Instagram posts of like nineties, witch fashion, and then all of our pictures. I have because to it, you should Absolutely. it's a yeah. very different trip for both of us through the 90s um oh, but yeah. i think that was in eighth grade like the picture that I'll, i'm referencing was in eighth grade and i was trying to do like the craft like i had a black shirt with okay. with like a pointy like a white shirt underneath it and then the skirt was black but underneath it had like the school girl it had like the metal rings on it and like the school girl thing i was in a catholic school I had the, every opportunity to wear a Catholic schoolgirl skirt every day, but it wasn't. What, what's that red and black thing that you have on your skirt? That was like, um, it was like a pleat. So when the pleat oh, was okay. open, it would show the red, but when it was closed, it was all black. Did you shop at Hot Topic? Was Hot Topic a thing? Oh, back yeah. Then? I remember. Oh, yeah. When did Hot Topic come out? I don't remember. I don't remember, but I do remember when it was like every school year my mom would like take me clothes shopping for the new for the new school year and I don't know if it was eighth grade or going into ninth grade I specifically remember like the mall was about to close and I really wanted a sweater vest and nobody sold it and I remember she was so patient with me that she would like she we were going to all these different stores she was like okay we'll go run to Penny's go run to Sears see if anybody has it in like the little boys section I remember (laughs) me just like running on my own to go find a sweater vest which I did not those were but big. Yeah, that, they were big. Not big yeah. enough for me to buy. Well, maybe it was a Harrisburg <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, man. I remember I remember being big on the sweater vests. So yeah. I, in the 90s, I was a, I was a little tyke. I wasn't born until 89. So uh, I was in sixth, seventh grade when 9-11 happened. I don't remember. But Oh, gar- girl, that makes me feel so old. I was a freshman in college. 
Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Um, I don't remember being able to pick out my clothes. <laughs> so I have a lot of um, big collars. I will tell you what had me by the balls fashion wise in the nineties was rip curl. I don't know if you remember it's a Camilla Bell movie called rip curl. And no, she's, she goes to like Hawaii. She's like a little a surfer girl. Aww. I don't know about the nineties, but everything was like h- hibiscus flowers everywhere. Like surfer okay. sheep was everywhere. Right. Yeah, and I now... was about it. Wait, what grade were you in when that came out? Oh, fuck. If I know, I don't know. Let me look up when it came were you out. you more in high school? Cause I feel like I remember all no. that stuff. That stuff I feel like made its, made its uh place when probably around like 2001 or 2002. Um, because I feel like around that time I was wearing a lot of that stuff too. So I was already in college by the time that stuff had all started oh, coming out. It wasn't called rip curl. It was called rip girls. Rip girls. Okay. Rip girls. Uh, okay. That came out in 2000. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. It was like right around Y2K, the millennium when like surfer chic was a thing. Yeah. I don't know if you remember Blue Crush with uh Kate. Oh, yes. What's her face? What's her face? Be- uh, Bosworth. Bosworth. Yes. M- Michelle Rodriguez and Michelle the other Rodriguez. girls whose name I can't remember. Do I remember wanting to buy that poster, like a big blue crush poster in yeah. the mall. And my mom was like, I am not buying you a poster of girls in bikinis. <laughs> <laughs> like mom, I had like magazine ripped out magazine. My walls were plastered with surfer stuff. Surfer girls. Yeah. Dude, surfer girls were so huge in like 2000, 2001, 2002. Yeah. Um, I remember there was a show on MTV. It was a reality show about surfer girls and you know they had to all like ride the biggest wave in like hawaii or some shit to win this like medal or something and they were it was a competition show and they were all up against each other you know it was on on mtv and it was on during the summer and i remember being so freaking obsessed with it and i would wear my little lilu shirts from pac sun i've never surfed in my fucking life but i was all about it it. (laughs) johnny tsunami i know dude i got made fun of relentlessly in grade school because they were like like the guys would be like, how are the waves out there today, Bobich? Um, you know, because I'm just <laughs> like looking. <laughs> um, but you know what? I ended up in California and I got to go surfing. So that's awesome. That. See, I've, I've never been surfing. And I was I did a little stint in L.A. back in 2009 and I never went surfing. Um, I think I'm too, too afraid of sharks and like actual the actual ocean, like stuff in the ocean. It freaks me the fuck out. It's a legitimate. <laughs> yeah, that's a legit fear, especially it's near horrifying. L.A yeah um, and plus pacific ocean water is so freaking cold it's so cold freezing yeah. yeah it's very cold um i'm trying to think what else like i so i didn't i have i had two brothers growing up and i did not want i did everything in my power not to dress like a girl i don't know what i had chip on my shoulder i had but all of my uh, looking through my photos like it's all like jorts and those pants with the zip off knees. I had like oh. a like a army green pair of those swoosh, the swooshy pants that swooshy zip pants. off at the knees, knees uh-huh. and become shorts. Well, do you and remember skorts? Yes, I remember skorts. I was all about the skorts. I did not want to wear a skirt. Don't even put a skirt in the same room I was in growing up, man. <laughs> but like that, anything I could inherit from my older brother, I wanted. Uh-huh. Um, anything that had like Adidas on it. Uh-huh. Uh, anything he was wearing, I just wanted to dress like a boy. I went through a phase where I had a bandana on all the time, uh-huh. like a like a red bandana. I feel like uh, I went through that phase too. Yeah, you yeah. did. 
Yeah. In high school, I think. I'm pretty sure. Because you know why? Because I was like super obsessed with Aaliyah. Do you oh, know really? Aaliyah? Yeah. She was yeah. all about the bandana. And she used, she wore like her hair, like one one piece of hair was like covering one of her Did eyes. Eye? And, like, it looked so <laughs> pretty. And she, she wore like those Tommy Hill boxers with the emblem show, like the band, the waistband mm-hmm. showing. Mm-hmm. But your pants had to go just below that. So the boxer band has so to So it shown. shows. Yes. Yeah, and you had to wear like cargo baggy cargo pants. Okay. Yeah, and a really like teeny tiny top. Dude, that was my, remember, that was my high school style. Do you? We're just talking about the nineties, not even nineties. Yeah, yeah. This, this, but do you remember those sneakers yeah. with like the 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 sole was like four inches high? Uh huh. Uh huh. And you just twist the fuck out of your ankles. Oh, <laughs> maybe that's why I have weak ankles. Those things ripping me up. Were you doing backflips in them? What the fuck, <laughs> dude? I just don't. I'm not coordinated. <laughs> I next the next life I will be graceful. That's what mm-hmm. I say. In the next life I will be graceful. I had like um I looked like the pictures I was pulling out. I looked like a like a dad. Like I was dressed like t-shirt, <laughs> jorts, white New Balances, and like Damn. really high socks rolled down. Okay. okay. Oh right. God. Okay. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Um, I remember getting really into like polyester was a big thing back then. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, like the polyester, really bright patterns. Um, the 60s basically resurfaced in the 90s and I remember when I would like buy all that stuff my mom would like roll her eyes at me and she's like I can't believe the stuff I used to wear as a kid is coming back listen and, to us now and, and it's us now <laughs> oh walking through gosh. Target I almost had a heart attack recently it's like all clueless skirts and blazers I'm like what the fuck is this yeah velvet, crushed velvet is like yeah. back now Oh, I was going to say, going back to the bandana thing. Do you remember bandana shirts? Yes, I had them. I had them too. You had them? <laughs> Good for you. It's very Coyote Ugly. Yes, I was all about that movie. I and love also, that movie. And also, Destiny's Child, I think, rocked a bandana shirt from time to time. Pretty sure. Oh, yeah, awesome. I was super into Destiny's Child. Christina Aguilera rocked the bandana shirts. Mm-hmm. Pink, um, I think Pink did too. Those, all of those early 2000s pop stars. That was the fashion. The The, like, one practical magic, like kind of fashiony thing that I had I found I ended up buying a skirt at one point that looked so it was just the skirt part but it looked so similar to like the fabric that the dress at the end of the movie that Sally's wearing has you know where she's like coming out at the garden and meets Gary and they kiss uh-huh. that one it was like yeah. that same fabric and uh, I felt so beautiful in it I had a skirt like that a sixth grader you did yeah I had a skirt like that and it yeah, it was like it had like the the floral, I think like red rose prints. That part was probably polyester, and then it had like an overlay of like black lace, like that one, oh, right? That's, beautiful. That, yeah, that exactly. You're talking about mm-hmm. yeah, I loved that skirt so much. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so- I also had a um like a cardigan, kind of like the one I'm wearing, but it was uh crocheted. It was black. It was crocheted, and it was like long sleeve came down to my my knees, and it was the per- it was like oh, I feel like I'm right out of the craft in this. Uh-huh crochet uh-huh. blacks yeah so the absolute chokehold that witch culture had on the 90s is insane especially after the satanic panic of the 70s and 80s can you say hello richard ramirez by the way did you american horror story i think it was like 1980 what's the name of the, the season 1985 or 1986 i forget I what think it's called. six that season yeah it's all about richard ramirez and that, that whole yeah that whole spiel um so one of the movies that was credited with turning the tables for witches and shooting them into pop culture popularity was teen witch a late 80s teen comedy that was basically on constant cable rotation and now this movie came out in the 80s so 
I was probably like, I don't know, what, like five, six at the time. And this movie stars, um, I think her name is Robin Lively. Uh, her name was Louise Miller in the movie. In the movie. Okay, and she cool. was she was played by Robin Lively. Do you remember Poltergeist? Not vividly, no. Okay. There was um the mad the the woman who played Madame Serena. Her name is Zelda Rubenstein. She is the same woman, the basically the woman who is the exerciser of the, I guess, the demon. Oh, okay. Psychic medium who's okay. kind of trying to get Carol Ann to come back through the TV screen or come back to the Carol light. Carol Ann. Go to the light, <laughs> Carol Ann. Or what? Yeah. <laughs> I think they do a spell or something of the sort. I don't remember exactly what happens, but they do some kind of spell that helps Louise become the most popular girl in the school. And, you know, oh. she kind of she, she goes from like, you know. Just oh like, my gosh, Madam. So- yes. Yeah. Yes. Her voice. Yeah. Her voice. Yeah. Is so recognizable. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so she goes from just like a very plain Jane, quiet, um, very conservative girl in high school to this girl who's, you know, suddenly at the top of her class not grade wise like i'm talking popularity wise yeah um she's wearing all like the most popular 80s frills and she's got the big 80s hair she is the heather she is the heather of the heathers ultimate heather this was the movie that i was like "Ooh, witches she's really you made that happen she's a witch this was my favorite movie as one of my favorite movies as a kid because i remember i remember seeing this i always remember just like stopping and watching it and I was just intrigued by it. So I guess what we're saying is like in pop culture through the 80s and 90s, witches were uh, everything from like menacing to enticing to seductive and funny. We see Jillian. I think Nicole Kidman, I always forget she is like a comedian. I always think of her as like playing in The Others or Cold Mountain or something. But like she's funny. I always yeah. forget she's funny, but um, we see them, uh, we see evil witches, uh, but most of all, they're fashionable, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So some of the focuses uh, we're going to talk about, like we, we're going to touch on practical magic. We kind of talked about the craft, how big that was in our, our fashion choices. We got Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, we got Charmed. We got Halloween Town. Hocus Pocus and Buffy. So some of these, like I wasn't a Buffy watcher and I didn't watch Charmed, uh, but you said you didn't really either. You said you watched a little bit of Charmed, but not much. Um, I remember, you know what? I remember watching the premiere of Charmed. Oh, damn. Okay. I, re- I remember watching the very, very first episode that ever came out, the night that it came out. I remember. Because I remember seeing like ads for it and like commercials for it and i got super excited i was like oh my god there's a show about witches coming out and that that was right on the heels of the craft uh-huh and when charm came out when i sat down to watch that first episode and you, do you remember that the intro that it used the same oh ex- the song yes yes same exact song from the craft which one was it was it love's from the one by love spit love or something like that what was the name of that song um but i remember hearing that song and I was like, oh, God, I'm going to love this. I'm going to love this show. <laughs> oh, God. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was the name of that song? Um, the Smiths, I think, did their original one. I like The Smiths. Um, how soon is now? Is it How Soon Is Now? Yeah. I am the star. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's and it. I like The Smiths <laughs> a lot. That's it. That's it. That criminally and my voice can't, doesn't even go that low. <laughs> 
I got to catch you earlier in the morning when you have that raspy smoker uh-huh. voice going on. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm too awake now. My voice is wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do remember, like, just being kind of taken aback. Like, wow, they ripped this off from the craft. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So I was a little pissed, a little intrigued. How good is that soundtrack, though? The whole soundtrack oh. of The Craft is great. It's one of my favorite soundtracks to this day. So we're yeah. going to get to those. But um, I think before that, we're going to just talk about this blanket term that has been flying around as of late. I don't know. What do you think in the last two years? The term whimsigoth. I had never heard of that term before. I don't know. Probably within the past year. I've never heard okay. of this. Okay. Yeah. And it seems to just encompass like the witchy style of the 90s, this whimsigoth thing. However, like I th- we'll talk about it in a minute, but whimsicoth to me is like what it says whimsical gothic but when we're talking about like the craft that to me doesn't say whimsical gothic that's like 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 you said uh schoolgirl chic meets like leather meets like bdsm like chokers and like hooks and things like that so very different but that's what we got in store for you um so yeah i had never heard of whimsicoth until probably you brought it up to me. I might, I may or may not have heard of it before then. Um, the term that I was kind of, I guess, going down the rabbit hole on in the past few years or so, probably since I started my YouTube channel, was the whole cottagecore aesthetic. Right, right, right. So, what's um, it to me is like more is it celestial, different? celestial, oh, a little okay. darker. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I found um, a little article from is it Vancouver? I Vancouver is awesome dot com. <laughs> Vancouver is awesome dot com gets this credit. So Vancouver they want to say. Awesome. So in regard to everything is cool. Okay, part of a team. That one. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping you understood that reference. Otherwise, everything like, is awesome. <laughs> I'm a nanny. I think I saw that movie, or I was. Oh, that's right. That's theater. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Me so, too, but not with, not with children. I'm pretty sure I saw that with friends. <laughs> oh. So the whims that got that's the Va- Vancouver is awesome.com. They say that the style is characterized by velvet dresses, tights, flowy silhouettes, and celestial moffets. So, like when I see suns <laughs> and moons wait, on shit. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what motifs mate moff what did i say you said moffets <laughs> i'm dyslexic no i thought at first i thought you said muppets i'm like what and this one is kind of started over just started over. no i'm leaving that in fuck it okay so this kind of started with stevie nicks in the 70s and rose to a uh, prominence in the 90s are you all right i'm good i'm good i'm good you didn't know i couldn't read going into this project did you <laughs> You didn't know that any, just anybody can make a podcast and it's free and you could just put it on the air. But, um, okay. So surprisingly, uh, Hey, I think this is where it's at. So like in the last year, surprisingly, uh, the 2022 Renaissance, I was going to say resurgence, well, but see, it would have been the same thing of the aesthetic began in the early spring and summer with TikTokers and articles offering tips on how to dress whimsicoth, um, like part whimsical and flowy part Gothic and vampy. Okay. Still, its roots were found in witchcraft and all the things spooky yet cozy. Um, it's safe to say more people are likely to adopt the style in the fall because, like, lots of layers, I would think. Yeah. Fall movies like Practical Magic and The Craft, which feature whimsical fashion and interiors so prominently, have firmly cemented the look uh, in the autumnal uh, pantheon of vibes like pumpkins, spice lattes, and flannels. When you said layers, my mind right away went to 
you know that scene in the craft when they're on the bus and they're going to that um I guess that little place in the meadow yeah. and they get off the the bus and they're they're like we are the weirdos mister they got you know they got on their little uh cute little velvet tops they got on their leather jackets they got on their cute flowy little skirts um they got pro- little cap sleeve t-shirts underneath spaghetti strap dresses yes exactly and um probably some kind of platform shoe chunky heel chunky heel very very flowy very earthy very 90s for sure yeah Yeah. the t-shirt that uh, that's what we that's what i forgot yes you're right the t-shirt little cap t-shirt cap sleeve t-shirt with the spaghetti strap was a huge thing Mm mm-hmm I I probably wore those every single day in middle school. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about that. There you go. But yeah. Yes, you're absolutely right. The aesthetic is bewitching in every way. The billowy sleeves, sweeping skirts, and um, layers add drama, while ethereal details like moons, stars, suns, and zodiacs give it an otherworldly charm. Tights, lace, and corsets add a touch of sexiness and femininity. Did I say that right? Femininity or femininity? Femininity. I think it's a typo in there, though. Femininity. Paired with chunky boots and wild hair. A lot of the look is imbued by an undercurrent of owning personal power and sexuality in whatever way appeals to the individual. This theme is also true of contemporary portrayals of witchcraft, which is why the two go hand in hand. And I must say, I remember it was either middle school or very early early on in high school the tank top with the velvet um like the zodiac symbols um i think i had one of a hand like the hamsa sign uh-huh. um i had one i had like a blue like a spandex shirt and it had like the blue velvet hand in the middle okay and i think probably like roses like velvet roses and stuff around it like i remember a lots of like crushed velvet i hope um, you can find some of these photos yeah there's there, yeah. they gotta be floating around but um i was very very into all of that stuff the first like whimsigothy thing i think i ever saw and this was not a word i'm so glad they came up with a term to encapsulate <laughs> uh-huh. this uh-huh. but my friend sally the first time i hung out with her i think it was like fourth fifth grade something like that and just went over her house and she was putting up new curtains like just hanging new curtains and they were like sheer dark navy curtains uh with little suns and moons all over them uh like that you could see through and i thought it was the most beautiful like celestial thing i was like these are so cool yeah they were really neat the celestial print was pretty big back in the 90s yeah the the gothic in whimsigoth is more of an amalgamation of goth and boho i nailed amalgamation you did that was And, and it's a it's the, it was a true representation of the horror subgenre or ac- architectural style. These themes aren't rooted in death or fear. Instead, they focus on the earth and nature and the supernatural in a more comforting sense. It's a type of pseudo spirituality and offers equal parts nostalgia and hope. Yeah, there are a lot of hyphenated words in that. <laughs> All right, so the color palette consists of rich jewel tone purples, greens, and reds with earthy browns and oranges, as well as black and white. And overall, the vibe is distinctly retro and cool. Oh, contemporary examples of whimsicott fashion in action uh, would be the songstress Florence Welch of Florence and the Machine, who's also known for her haunting voice and complimentary music style choice, Olivia Rodrigo. Um, also donned a Winsigoth outfit for her Grammy performance lately. 
the makeup is smoky and sultry with a dark lip and heavy liner, just like in the 90s, and the hair is usually windswept and effortless, either down or half up, half down. And then the half up, half down was a huge hairstyle. Huge. In the 90s. Yes. 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 Um, I think later on when we talk about Sabrina Teenage Witch, I don't think I included it, but it said somewhere like she was the queen of half up, half down. And do you remember those like fake scrunchies that had like the hair, like the spiky hair? So you could pull your hair up in a bun and put the scrunchie on and like yes. the fake hair came out on the scrunchie. So I guess what we're saying is if you're looking for some style inspiration, uh, look to Florence Welch, Lisa Bonet, and of course, Stevie motherfucking Nicks for yes. your Wins of Goth fashion inspiration. The queen. She is the queen. So that takes us to our next topic, with which is witchcore. Now, I guess I've there's there's a term for everything now. Um, did all of this like core talk stem from TikTok? Like, where'd all this core? If you just slap core to the end of any word, like it's a style. <laughs> it's an aesthetic, yeah, for sure. I just heard of aesthetic. goblin core the other day. I'm like, I could get down with goblin core. That's kind of like a darker cottage core, you know. Okay. Okay, right. All right. So Witchcore, much like most aesthetics, the name Witchcore, it offers a lot of information about what the aesthetic is before we even investigate. All right. As we see with many core aesthetics, Witchcore has its own ties to the cottagecore movement, but it is a lot different to the style's dainty, light, and breezy vibe. So I guess this is okay. along the lines with like a uh, whimsagoth type of style, right? It's like dark academia. Right, yeah. It's like a new thing. Yeah, yes. The dark academia thing is really big right now. Um, I'm seeing all over TikTok, all over YouTube, and I'm about to paint my whole living you room. You are. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I want to do that green black color that's really in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, witchcore draws inspiration from witchcraft, often including ideas such as potion making and spell casting. And I feel like Harry Potter probably had a little to do with the mm. whole dark academia vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, the aesthetic can also include elements such as gems and gem collecting, as these are also believed to have special powers. So I guess as long as it has some kind of magical um, thing about it, it can be considered witchcore is what okay so unlike the feelings of nostalgia promoted by cottagecore witchcore is centered more around energy self-growth and the unknown it's Mm -hmm. more than just dressing up like a witch for a halloween costume and it extends to an entire lifestyle of mystery and intrigue um and there are lots of ways to display the witchcore aesthetic in your life and we'll discover those in a little bit Um, so would you say i have a question Yes. Yeah. Um, so would like the Practical Magic House be Cottagecore and Witchcore? I would guess. I would. Yeah, I would guess so. Because they have the the conservatory, which is very Witchcore, like very oh, functional. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like their house aesthetic. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say so. I guess it sounds like to me anything that has to do with magical a magical way of living falls under the witchcore umbrella okay um, but it also falls under the cottagecore because it's everything is very light and dainty and quaint feeling everything okay. feels char you know the word charming i think mm. is what distinguishes the two because you have the okay. witchcore which can probably be it could it could be dark and um like that occult kind of feel to it's it. a vibe it's a vibe yeah <laughs> but like that that cottage core it just has that like that cottagey feel that quaint feel it's very which core like, is cottage core with a mood like with an attitude and it, yeah and and the cottage core is just a lot more i would say charming okay um yeah when i, I think cottage i think like, i think cute and charming and right quaint. right right yeah yes exactly so i think it's a combination of the two i would say okay cool 
I mean, that's just my that's just my opinion. But if anybody else, you know, if you have um your own opinion of what uh practical what what umbrella do you think the uh practical magic aesthetic falls under? So I guess if you guys it's more like a Venn diagram. <laughs> it's yeah, all yeah. three. It's all three and practical magic's right uh-huh. in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, Whimsagoth, prob- Cottage Core, and Witch Core. One hundred percent. And I think that's probably why, like, it's just a central practical magic is such what do you, what what do they call it like a amalgamation a, yeah it's like a, a mixture of all those things which is why i think it's such an like an iconic movie for witches you know yes to this day and yes. it just spanned from the 90s until now and it's 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 not going anywhere you know i think it's it's solidified in our pop culture i just want to say real quick you're so crisp today oh, that good. new mic is like killing it Wait, you sound great right. nice <laughs> Tell us about some uh, some witch core visuals, please. What what are we looking at? All right. So the first element of the style we're going to take a look at is the visuals. So these visuals are a key aspect of the aesthetic, and they're what makes up the basis of the style. So without visual components of witch core, there's no way to create a visible sense of the style. And they're a way to promote the vibe, the vibes, Ooh, and vibes. <laughs> the Luna vibes. It's the vibe. <laughs> um so they're a way to promote the vibes and atmosphere of the aesthetic not to mention they can be a great starting point for building your interior and uh decoration around your space um just filling your space with a witchy atmosphere is just Mm -hmm. witch core in and of itself generally Mm -hmm. the main colors displayed through witch core include black orange green and purple the characteristic halloween colors okay uh which are dark dull and eerie all right Um, shadowy appearance of these colors adds to the spooky mysterious characteristics of the aesthetic and complements the appearance of other visuals um so there are a lot of visual motifs within which course such as forests which is something about the dark atmosphere and has a spooky touch mm-hmm. lanterns and candles love a lantern and a candle love yeah exactly these are more traditional they're a more traditional light source and but they also have a very gothic appearance so mm. they add to get that yourself a gothic. lantern that makes a statement man it I just know. brings your room to a whole new level yeah and if you can't have open flames where you live they make those really realistic plastic flames now that yeah. have you seen she- She's shaking I, her finger at me. <laughs> the flame is dancing. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, they make, they make those really cool fake flame candles yes. now, which you can make use of those if you can't have yes. an open flame. If you're in a, an apartment or a dorm room, you can still bring this aesthetic into your living space. Um, with mood lighting. With mood soft lighting. lighting. Exactly. Um, so glass bottles, the bottles used for potions are the perfect visuals for spells and witchcraft. When I was a teenager, you know what I used to do? I used to what? go to the dollar store. Yeah. And I used to just like load up. They would have like those little trinkets, like little uh, spell bottles. I would just like load up on those. And those were around my entire room. Like my dad. Oh, would- neat. Were those the little bottles that you could do like sand art in? Probably. You remember the different shape? You get yeah. the star or the heart. Yeah. Also, you know what I used to do? Um, Snapple used to make the... um. Do you remember those like element drinks? Yes. Like fire, earth, air. Like they had like, um, Snapple made these really cool bottles and they were all like a different element. And after I was done with drinking the the juice out of the bottle, I would save the bottle and I would like put in my own different, I would fill it with water and put different color food coloring in it. Oh my gosh. That's so cute. 
I would have them, I just like put them around the bookshelf I had going around the perimeter of my room. My room was so celestial. Like growing up, it was celestial. It was tie-dye. It was, um, it had those like big plastic blow-up chairs. That oh, were yeah. Like, like my room was the epitome of the 90s room. Okay. That is freaking um, sweet. I use, so we, Aaron lo- likes bourbon and bourbon comes in really cool bottles it like does. Oh, sometimes I don't even I don't even look at the label I just buy it for the <laughs> bottle because I then will take the label off and use it for propagating my plants because yeah. it's got the little tiny tiny top you know it's perfect and yeah. I line them up in a window and it looks really looks really pretty it looks fucking witchy as hell yeah man save it yeah, yeah. save your bottles guys all the bottles like, I have used yeah. so many classical pasta <laughs> pasta <laughs> bottles yeah, because those are like the classical sauce jars. They're kind of like a mason jar, right? It's just, it looks right. like a mason jar. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a great size. So, yeah, man. You, okay, so guys, recycle, reduce, reuse. That's right. And so the next thing on this list is moss. This green fuzz, along with other similar plants, can help create a gloomy setting. You know also, what we mushrooms- wanted to do? What? Oh, real quick. We wanted to make a moss uh, bath mat. Have you seen the DIYs for those? No. So like when you get out of the amazing. shower- yeah, you step on you step on the mosses and your drip drops feed the moss. Um, but oh. I feel like my cats might get the so, wrong idea. So it's it's real moss. Yeah, as a bath mat. Yeah, that'd be cool. Freaking cool. Yeah, especially if like your bathroom aesthetic is like that, like I guess forest uh, vibe. Yeah, mine's kind of foresty. I tried to do a moss uh, walkway when we first moved in. Uh-huh. And it was working, but you got to water it. Like it needs water for sure. And sunlight. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was watching a TikTok recently of this woman who was trying to like, I guess she was trying to grow her moss patch. Yeah. And I guess her husband knew that she liked moss. So he picked the moss for her and he gave it to her. And she was pissed because she was, tr- she was tr- like watering that one little patch trying to grow it. And he picked it and he- oh. <laughs> He was like oh, trying to I make guess, her happy. I guess, uh, I guess he gets points for trying, though. Like, yeah, she was, I thought that was funny. So um, the cool thing about moss is like you can put it. Like I, I would go out and like forage for it, and since it's like a little carpet, you just very gently pick it up, and then I would put it in a bucket, move it to the next place, dunk it in water so it had a nice drink, and set it down on the path, and like yeah, smush it on in. It'll resettle yeah. itself down into the earth, right? At those narrow root systems. Yeah. I've never heard of that bath mat thing, but that sounds freaking cool. But I would imagine my, cool. my cats would probably like just like start clawing at it. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, another thing that you can incorporate into your space is mushrooms. These are a perfect combination between nature and magic with connotations of fairies and pixies. I Adorable. Love yeah, yeah, that's sweet. Um, we went to North Carolina this past summer. My cousins have a, a lot of cabins up there. And the whole time I was there, I was just like, I was going ham on just like mushroom photography on my phone. Um, I was just taking like all the mushroom photos. Sweet. And I just like, I just made one mushroom porn album of just <laughs> They're adorable. Yeah, they are so cute. There's so many different ones too. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy how many different mushrooms there are. Such um, a fun guy. It is. <laughs> good one okay (laughs) all right so next up we got tarot cards which um these visual clues about reading into the future have a lot to do with magic and the supernatural so um yeah if you if you know how to read if you don't know how to read if you just like the visual aesthetic of the whole tarot i guess tarot aesthetic right Mm -hmm. um if you like how tarot cards look maybe 
blow up your favorite cards exactly um, frame yeah. them hang them in your space that's a great way to bring in um the whole tarot aesthetic into your space um mm-hmm. i also like to prop up my favorite ones if i'm working on a certain like energy for like the week or whatever i'll yes. cross that yeah. card up on my altar space and just kind of like hone in on those energies next up we have crystals um this is a big one and i feel like crystals uh nowadays anyway has probably been one of the most common ways that people have kind of cross-pollinated like oops sorry cross-pollinated. <laughs> grabbing her new mic Give i me thought that it was my sound. water bottle i thought it was my water. <laughs> the same color yeah um so i feel like crystals have been a very kind of uh not a gray area but they they do a good good job of kind of like cross pollinating the mainstream with the occult because they mm-hmm. sell they sell crystals in like home goods now like they sell them in like five below right they have like a find- whole incense section with crystal kits and stuff now right you can you can find them anywhere basically um so if you want to bring some of those into your space you can charge them under the moonlight use their special properties for healing and protection um this list says that this is the ideal uh example of magic and i guess it, it would be considered the ex- ideal example because it is such a mainstream thing now that's the perfect word like it, it's a like if this is an aesthetic you're going for fine but it's so fascinating and interesting definitely explore yes and research delving into the pagan path like it is an amazing like rabbit hole i'm gonna use your word rabbit hole of like yeah. an endless endless you're always learning something new yeah. so death and and crystals stones rocks gems minerals compounds oh my god if if that is just like the tiniest little bit of what crystals are so like yeah they're cool to have around your room but like maybe look up what they do how to take care of them yeah and that goes along the lines with like you know the whole the the plants the moss any any anything that's kind of like living in your space because uh, yeah like you said crystals are a live thing they carry a certain vibration certain ones do certain things uh also plants plants are on this list um because they're a source of life and can bring healing benefits too just like crystals can something about crystals also like if you're not ready to like dive into like your your local crystal shop if there's a piece of jewelry you wear with a a stone or a rock in it or already or your wedding ring or anything look that up like what what um uh what's the word i'm looking for what Uh, attributes do they bring into your life what yeah what correspondences do do they have typically you know if you have a diamond if you have a a sapphires and rubies just look it up yeah yeah you don't have to go out and buy something right it's cool to know what you like you know the magical properties of what you already have lying around your house it's cool to know all that all right so next we got potions and uh it says of course there's no way we can forget about potions they're the epitome of witchcraft itself and i mean this could be a magical potion it could be a potion that you use in your daily skincare regimen it -hmm. could be whatever you want it to be um as long as you put it in those really cute dollar store bottles and make them look aesthetically (laughs) witch core there you um, go you you can doll them up all the potions lotions and potions you're already using in your daily regimens you could put them in cuter bottles and that's true make it more, more aesthetically uh pleasing if you would like Mm -hmm. um next it says cobwebs okay yeah a little age in cobwebs is very gothic so these slide perfectly into the theme okay um i I will say i do leave the little spider out in our conservatory alone they can have that corner because they take care of all those stink bugs and all the little the plant gnats that fly around so they can have it's fine they can have that spot 
Yeah, I kind of did that this summer on the front porch. Um, I have a little like garden table that I sit out and do my little garden crafts on in the summertime. And there's like, you know, in the corners, there's spider webs and typically or cobwebs. Typically, I would like get rid of them. But like I saw like other gunk all like shoved up in there and I was like they're doing their job I'll just let them be okay there was the tiniest little spider on my husband's windshield on the truck we were driving somewhere and it was like on the passenger side so I was like I was like watching him go oh shit this little bro's gonna fly off little bro like stuck his 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 spider web booty to the to the windshield and like caught the wind and around the side of the car he like floated around the side of the car where there was like a little indentation where he could hang on so I could see his little his little butt string (laughs) hanging (laughs) I was like I really hope he makes it he's Aaron was like I don't think it's the wind that you have to worry about he's like I think it's when you open the car door and then close it again you're probably gonna decapitate it oh I think he made it I'd like to think he made it he was um spelunking (laughs) (laughs) so next we have wands so it says there's nothing more with than the tool used for casting the spells so next on this list is tea so it says remember those tea leaves which predict the future yeah there's something unusual about tea (laughs) oh cool okay who wrote this i don't i don't know who wrote this but this is this is a funny list so Mm -hmm. yeah if you have have some loose tea leaves store them in one of those cool dollar store jars it all comes back to the dollar store jars guys it does Um, or mason jars whatever you got uh, Walmart has really cool they're like shallow they're probably like two inches high by like three inches wide yeah. and they have the attached lid with the metal like locking mechanism oh, with, the clasp. with the clasp but they have different color like this the rubber rings inside I think they have red blue green oh that's cute red blue and green maybe Those so perfect for tea airtight they're perfect. Yeah. And they're all different colors. Also, it says skulls are a classic, I guess, which core. Moffat. Moffat. Yeah. <laughs> classic Moffat. Um, that's the last thing on the list. But then uh, it gets into the clothing. Okay. So it's, when it comes to clothes, you're not limited to classic black cape and pointed hat that you wore for Halloween as a kid. Which core is a fashion style and you can create a very stylish wardrobe. Of course, the cape and hat outfit isn't too far off from the style as it creates the necessary mystery and modest darkness. But in a nutshell, which core clothing is heavily influenced by gothic style and vintage pieces from the likes of thrift stores and other secondhand retailers? So some of the clothing you could implement into your witchcore wardrobe include long, dark maxi dresses in a similar way to a cape or a long, dark maxi dress in a color such as red or purple, um, which are gothic and modest. Lace detailing is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Small lace details on pieces such as a camisole top or a slip dress is an intricate addition which can set the tone for a piece and add a dainty touch. Um, and I love lace detailing. And I, I think yeah. that's what, the one thing that I really loved about 90s clothing is the lace detailing on everything. Yeah. Right? Agreed. Um, those little, um, they were like lingerie style tops. Yes. The tank tops with the, they had yeah. like the, the shoulder straps were also kind of lacy, which cut, yeah. kind of cut you in the armpit a little bit, but they had the scoop. <laughs> yeah. 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 So those were big back in the day. Um, and I you would I layer the hell out of those. So the lace detailing, also creepers and laced boots, especially in dark colors. These what shoes the fuck's are a creeper. I don't know. 
I'm going to look it up right now. Okay, go ahead. So creepers and lace boots, especially in dark colors, these shoes are bold and slightly intimidating and they have a dark and curious style. So what did you find on the creeper? What is, are those like the, um, what are they called? Those, oh, you would know exactly what these are. These are those black shoes with the really thick sole. Um, Sometimes like the toe would have like leopard print on it. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. 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 I remember these creeper shoes. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, this, this Wikipedia page says that they're actually called brothel creepers and it's shortened sometimes to creeper. So it's a style. We of need shoe. to look these up. Yeah, I know. And like do a do a episode on so brothel, the brothel creeper. The brothel creeper is a style of shoe that has thick crepe soles often in combination with suede uppers so the 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 part that's on sitting on the top of your foot those is like that's usually like the leopard print or whatever other type of print that usually is found on a creeper shoe cool Um, it says the style of footwear became fashionable in the years following world war ii seeing resurgences of popularity at various times since then weird i've never i would not have guessed the next thing on this list for witch core clothing is flower crowns. Is there anything more whimsical than wearing a flower crown in the forest? Fucking adorable. Uh, so I love cute. That. I'm all about the flower crown. I yeah. freaking love them. White vintage dresses, uh, large ivory dresses are whimsical and free and can still have that gothic magical quality. I so want to be that kind of like homesteader gardener that can go out and just be in like a, just like a sundress. Any, no. A moo-moo. Absolutely. Yeah, a moo-moo. That- they're cute now yeah. no way i would get so sweaty <laughs> um and then the last thing on this list is just bare feet <laughs> i can't do that like, either because we got those fire ants oh shit that's right you guys are down <laughs> south that's right so now we're on to which core decor so another fun area to explore within this aesthetic is the interior designing and decor aspect your outfit is one way to express your style but decorating the space which surrounds you isn't is another And that's fun in and of itself. So decorating your room or even your entire home is a great way to strike the feeling and atmosphere of comfort and can immerse you further into witch core. So here are some ways to decorate your space. So we've already mentioned this before, but tarot cards, um, they're a strong visual uh, motif within the aesthetic and showcasing them in your home makes the most of them. Like I said, you can frame them, you can put them up on your altar space, Um, You can do whatever you want with them and just like put them around, hang them up. It's a great way to bring them in. So apothecary scenes, setting up bottles and similar decorative pieces can create an apothecary-like scene, which can be a great use of space. And I love little apothecary scenes. I set up one in my bathroom for Halloween. Oh yeah, that one was really cute. Yeah, I love little bottles and it's just a fun way to bring in the whole aesthetic. Gilded gold frames and similar decorations can have a very Victorian style effect. And velvet text, yeah, velvet textiles are a huge, a huge one. Dark velvet colors have a luxurious feeling and appearance, and they fit the dark aesthetic of witch core. Plants, as plants are another great visual, why not adopt some succulents or other house plants to display in your space? And candles, covering your space with candles and lanterns gives out a cozy, classic, warm light that'll complement the dark colors in your witch core inspired home. And um, you know if. Again, like I said before, if you can't have open flame in your space, or if even if you're not good with plants, you can have fake stuff. That mm-hmm. is an aesthetic, like that adds to your aesthetic too. As long as you have a little greenery, you have a little firelight, whether it's real or not, it still adds to that 
aesthetic that you're going for. We kind of talked about that. We did the Owens house episode and like the later half of that episode, if y'all go back and listen to it, if you haven't, we talk all about how to bring the practical magic aesthetic to your own home and definitely having those rich textiles in, in your rugs or couches or whatever, and plants. We talk about plants and candles. It's, it's all there having, um, the vintage finds, you know, finding those vintage pieces to bring in that aesthetic too. It's, it's really, really simple, but yeah, again, your plants don't have to be real. It's yeah. okay. Just bring in then that color, that green, something about green mm-hmm. in a home. Yeah. You know? It's very earthy. It brings in that earthy feel to your home. And Home Depot, I don't know. Have you strolled through a Home Depot garden center? Like they, they, well, maybe not the garden center. I think like by the register, they always have those little like plant kiosks. Mm-hmm. Some of them are, they, they sell fake plants that look very real. Mm-hmm. So if you're not good with like watering stuff, because like I know succulents, I'm horrible. Those are supposed to be the easiest <laughs> plants to take care of. And somehow I still end up killing them. Oh, So, you know, if you don't have a green thumb, it's fine to add some fake plants to your space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we're getting into witch core activities. So coming away from the visual side of things, witch core also opens up a lot of ideas in terms of activities. And um, it says, of course, it's up to you how you choose to spend your time, but there are a few starting points you may like to begin with. At the same time, any activity can uh, constitute for witch core if it relies on the same beliefs and principles as the aesthetic and follows its theme um, i don't know if i said this source before but but this all of this is from mycottagecore.com okay um so if you want to go check out that this whole article um it, it's mycottagecore.com slash witch core um watching witch core movies there's nothing like watching a film if you want to strike a certain sense or feeling and i think this is probably why me and christina are both obsessed with practical magic because it just puts us in it like immerses us in that whole like feel right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a get get yourself back on track like what uh-huh. you've been doing lately put on practical magic be like oh okay Okay, yeah. gotta go take care of my garden, gotta take care of my house, gotta make sure my family is good to go, gotta put up my wards, gotta, you know. Yeah, get your, it is get a nice, your checklist. Definitely. It is a nice little reminder. Like if you're feeling a little less magical in your life right now, it's a nice little nudge to, you know, when you put that on, it's a nice little nudge to remind yourself that you can find magical in the mundane. Exactly. And it's a nice little, it's a nice little nudge into the, if you're feeling lonely, you know, like you, if you have that friend you can reach out to, if you're, if, even if you don't have a significant other, like family, if there's a family you can reach out to, it's just mm-hmm. like things families do for each other is fucking wild. Right. Exorcisms. Yeah. I, I know, they <laughs> really went to the extremes on this yeah. one. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So watching which core movies, uh, setting the mood and scene with low lighting and watching a witchcore film can offer a surreal experience and even increase your interest in the aesthetic. Yo, tag team that with like tea and candles mm. and just like a good snack. Yeah. So, some firelight. And, and and invite over your witchiest girlfriends, boyfriends, like whoever wants yep. to come over and just yep. revel in that witchy goodness with you. Invite them over and make a night out of it. Yeah. Um, so learning about potions and spells is also on the list. If witch court is centered around and inf- influenced by witchcraft itself, is there any activity better than learning about the exact inspiration you're working off? Take the time to read books and blogs about potions and spells and learn how you can do them yourself. Yeah. Even the, like what we said before about lotions and potions, like it doesn't have to be a, a ritual a ritual potion it can be something for a more like green way of cleaning maybe like a, a floor wash or mm-hmm. it could be um 
making your own uh, moisturizers of some kind using using different oils like coconut oil and mix, mixing in like calendula and lavender and working from there. Yeah, that's a potion so or even cooking, baking in oh. itself is is alchemy. It is. It is a very magical thing. Just being in the kitchen alone. The other thing is like if you are a garden garden witch like myself, like a potion, a potion. I like making is like an anti bug, anti cat spray where you you take um like spicy ass stuff you know like jalapenos and garlic and onions and apple cider vinegar and shit that they don't like stick it in a blender and put in a spray bottle and Mm -hmm. spray 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 (laughs) your plants with it because uh it's a great deterrent yes charging crystals another magical activity you can do is charging your crystals and learning about what different crystals can offer and how they will protect or heal you crystals are something that many people enjoy learning about so it's worth trying there you um go. and yeah we talked about this before i think crystals a great foray into the world the metaphysical world if you know it's not something that you have gone down the rabbit hole on thus far it's a so- great way to kind of ease into that if you're if you have some reservations as a 90s kid I feel like every 90s kid's first crystal was a mood ring. Yes. I'll just put that there. <laughs> put that there. I forgot about mood ring. That, that shit was witchy. Yeah. That was witchy. Um, <laughs> I also want to go back to the wand really quick. Mm-hmm. Do you remember like in the 90s, there was a store in the mall called Natural Wonders and they sold these plastic wands with familiar. stars. And when you like, it had like liquid oh, in them. Yes. Other ways, it was just fun to watch the glitter flow to the other side of the wand. Like, yeah, you know? it's like a definitely a meditative yeah. practice. <laughs> so it says, spend time in the woods. The forest is a mysterious, eerie place to spend time in, and it's the perfect setting for any witchy activities. Spending time in the gloomy lighting amongst nature, even just for a walk, fits the witch core aesthetic well. And when Absolutely. I was a teenager, I had a, there were a lot of woods by my house, and especially during the time when like I was like really into the craft. And that scene when they they take a bus trip to go to that like wooded area to meditate and do their thing, like that always just like I was I was always like oh I want that group mm-hmm. of friends to like do that with. Sometimes my cousins would you know you know come visit and we would we would do that we would like walk into the woods behind there were a lot of woods behind my house um they have since been torn down and all of these like mini mansions were Ugh. put in place and it fucking pissed For me shame. off shame pissed me off so much that that happened but that's the memory that i have of like around that time of like the craft going into the woods behind my house and just kind of being at one with nature and i don't Absolutely. really have that anymore like i have to drive 20 minutes up to watch uh. to the mountains to kind of like do that um, oh that sucks i'm sorry yeah but i mean you have i've i saw your youtube videos when you moved to your place in north south carolina where you are now and you have a really really beautiful like little wooded path behind your house like tell us a little bit about that i because i grew up like it's pretty suburban but behind my house we had a little bit of woods but behind the woods was like a hot down the hill was a highway so they yeah. weren't like true woods but we were always in the woods Mm -hmm. um and then moving to california everything's everything's like low like san diego county is all like scrub brush and stuff like that so you're never in any real canopies when you're hiking um so then when we moved here behind our places like 80 some odd acres just owned by our one neighbor and then behind that is like 300 plus acres of farmland and forests and walking trails and like little ponds and shit so we the dog and I go out almost every day and I've never felt like more connected spiritually so when yeah like you said there's a I take you on a little walk in a YouTube video I did a long time ago but there is 
the a huge reason we bought this house is like in our backyard, there's a little, there's a little tunnel you can walk into the woods, right? And right in that tunnel is a tree that has grown in the shape of an arch. So it's grown up one side, arched and grown grew down into the ground again it looks like a fairy portal it's like a portal tree and it's so beautiful but I guess it used to be like um like they take saplings and use them for like muskrat traps I guess you bend over a sapling you tie something anyway this the whole property is filled with fae and I'm just like I'm just here to I'm just here to walk through like I'm just taking care of your spot your space and uh, I'll be out your the video that you made of you taking a walk through the woods is so relaxing and like just like so ethereal and like it's just very it's a very grounding video oh thank you if you guys we should we should link it in the the show notes for sure so if you guys you know if you need to ground a little bit you want to take a walk with christina through her little wooded area behind her house we'll link down the show notes down below and you also did some sketching like you do like a little sketching too right of like yeah stuff that you find along your walk it's adorable i love that thank you thank you it i definitely feel like super tapped into the earth the the wood element here i've I've never been like a beach person oh me either but here man it's so all the little spaces just yeah. have like their own special their own special thing and it's so quiet you know um, they just know you're there um so we just pass on through it's, yeah, girl, it's beautiful so lucky to have that around you i wish i i wish i had access to the woods like that again um i did as a kid and i'm so so grateful that i had that as a kid um because like, will know, this be your forever home are you in your forever home? Do you think? Where we are yeah. now? I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, we don't, we don't have any plans on moving anytime soon. But like you know, we have dreams and and desires and goals. Like we we want that Victorian house you want, want is not going to be house. in Jersey. We want that Victorian exactly. We want we want that Victorian house. And there's a lot of gorgeous houses in New Jersey, but it's just so expensive to live here. This is you so are so close to the city. It's wild. I didn't know you were that close. Everything. I think New Jersey is one of the most expensive expensive places to live because it is around everything. You wow. go an hour in each direction, and you're either in the mountains, at the beach, in the city, in yeah. the country. Like yeah. it's in the middle of everything. So, um, but still, I don't have an, I don't have a nice little acre of wooded area behind my house. I wish I not did. conveniently. Someday, someday yeah. we'll put it out there that you get that. Someday, someday, yeah. But um, one of these days I'll have to visit you, and we'll have to go on a little fairy walk together. That would be Dude, so that's, fun. Dude, that's all I've wanted since like moving here. So there's a few people that have come. At, that I've met out here or, and we had the, somebody living with us over the summer that, um, that practices witchcraft. And all I want to do is like, so in the woods in the, uh, and you see it, I think I, I show it in the video. There's like a crossroads of trails right in the center. And I'm like, I just want to go out into the middle of the woods with somebody and like yell, I don't know, or do ritual of some kind in this, this, yeah. you know, the cross crossroads as a, a symbol is so yeah. charged, even uh-huh. though even though that they were made by Tom, Tom put these trails in, you know, it's still, it's where the crossing happens. So I really want to do that out there. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And when we come back, we're going to dive more into those, uh, I guess those witch movies from the nineties and chat a little bit about all those, all those and the fashion and the aesthetic, and we will be right back. You're listening to the Magnolia Street Podcast. Hey, girl. All right, let me get my my, my dick. Your dick? My dick. Oh, your dick. <laughs> get my dick. My dick. We're, we're keeping that in. <laughs> but for, okay, 
So firstly, I want to say when this comes out, you're, we will have already celebrated your birthday. Is that not right? Cause it, this comes out the 22nd, I think. Yeah. It's, it's the 20th. Happy birthday. Thanks girl. Everybody um, scoot over to Justina's Instagram and wish her a happy belated because we didn't plan <laughs> accordingly. I just want to say thank you for my birthday present. Now we sound. Oh, you're welcome. Now we sound legit. Um, and also, I just want to say that I would be very disappointed to all the people who are invited to my birthday if they don't come up dressed as some version of me because <laughs> I saw I saw a meme on on Instagram and it it was like a genius a birthday idea is to have a have a me themed birthday party and everybody has to come dressed as like a certain version of me. That is going to be so fun. we should do that next year i hope i hope there's enough versions of me to go around for like a 20 (laughs) birthday party um yeah i have like i used to be more i don't know charismatic i feel like i'm so frumpy these days like i had on this like off the shoulder thing today with a big bow on it that said paris on it oh i still do oh yeah (laughs) Look at you. <laughs> You're not frumpy. Look yeah. look at me with my greasy rosemary hair and a black <laughs> sweater. Um, no, I mean like I used to like dye my hair all crazy sorts of colors. Like I used to cut it all sorts of ways. I'm just like, I don't have the energy this year. <laughs> You're beautiful. I did you do you think you found your comfort like your uh I don't know, not persona, but like you don't need to be out so much out there anymore? Or what do you think? No. <laughs> You want to be out there? You just don't, you just are lazy. Yeah. I'm just in a lazy, lazy kind of mood. Um, I kind of like switching it up every now and then. I think my Sagittarius self gets really bored very easily. So if I'm like, if my hair is the same for too long, I'm like, nope, got to change it. Got to <laughs> do something. Got to, got to break up the snag, stagnant energy. Yes. So, so that's happy that's Sagittarius that. season to thee thanks oh there was there was another crazy ass uh not a meme it was like a video um some lady was like scorpios pack your shit pack your shit but yeah just end the year you end the year with a bang man right and then yeah. it's boring at nope i can't say that it's it's, it's just calm um capricorn, capricorn. Yeah, both capricorn. my parents are capricorns okay Oh, that's God. where the childhood <laughs> trauma comes from. Oh no, they're very oh, set, no. set in their ways. Are they very set in their ways? Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes. My dad was a, a former U.S. Marine, and my mother is a school teacher. So, okay. rules, 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 rules. Yeah, my mom's a Taurus, so I, I, I got, I get that Earth, Earth energy. <laughs> Parent, as per the usual, the Magnolia Street is going to do a tarot, or is it Oracle deck? It's your yeah, Oracle this, deck. This is the Oracle deck. The, the inner, oracle deck the inner witch oracle by grounded by the moon grounded by the moon did i say that grounded grounded by the moon. <laughs> how's that shuffling yeah. sound on the microphone can you hear no it might be picking it up hmm. all right stop all right Ooh. Ooh. Rose. the rose this um the the mantra on this card or the keyword on this card is confidence what i'm sorry we're I'm like blanking. Okay, we're on '90s witch fashion. Got it. Got it. <laughs> I'm like I goes, have to like regroup and like like remember where we're at. All right. My mind goes to that scene in the craft where it's the slow motion. Um, it's that uh letters to I think it's letters to Cleo. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Dangerous type, and they're walking in the slow motion, and Feruza Balk's like nipples are like 
pointing right <laughs> at the camera. Yeah, they're cutting glass and that, yeah. that uh-huh. confidence. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that scene so much. That was always my favorite like movie montage. Me too. I'm like, oh, they just look so badass. I want to be them. So cool. She gives the big old kisser. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I guess this card is like perfect for this episode, right? Because we're talking about fashion and kind of like, I guess, owning your power and owning your whole, I don't know, if you want to call it aesthetic, persona, like just owning who you are, like being comfortable with what you're wearing and um, using what you wear to express yourself, right? And that all comes down to confidence, I think. So this card is, I feel like every single episode, our cards have been so spot on, right? Yeah, man. Okay, let me write it down. Tell us what the rose has to say. All right, so we have the main keyword on the card is confidence, but in the booklet, it also says stand up. So when Rose shows up, it is a reminder that you need to be confident and stand strong with pride and determination. It's time to step up and stand firm on the choices that you are making for your life. You know exactly who you are and what you need. Take pride in your actions and beliefs. You need to stay true to yourself. Once you start believing in yourself, the magic starts. Don't forget this. In magic, roses help with protection, love and happiness, and connection to some goddesses. With a variety of colors and connected meanings, this flower is a great universal magical tool. Utilize the power of the rose to help enhance the magic of this card. Carry some in your pocket or use some rose water spray in your daily routine. And the mantra on this card is, I know who I am. So that's all about the rose beautiful very lovely yeah i love i love this um this whole meaning um it takes it takes a lot to figure out who you are in a long time and who you are changes so frequently and i think um we have an episode coming up all about just uh, embracing who you are so Mm -hmm. stick around yeah i heard somewhere that i think like every 10 years you just completely you become a completely different person. I heard that like your skin, because your skin cells are com- like constantly regenerating and repairing yeah. themselves that like every 10 years you are actually literally a completely different person. Like, oh, okay. Even- I heard seven years. Really? I heard every seven years your cellular makeup is okay. regenerated. And that's crazy because a lot of like your milestones happen at, mm-hmm. on those every seven years or seven to 10 years which makes right. a lot of sense. Yeah. And then every 30 years is when I think every 30 you get a Saturn return, right? You said that in our first episode, you were like my Saturn return. And I was like, what the hell is that? What is that? All right. I'm going to have to when your Saturn comes back around. Cause it's every 30 yeah. years. Okay. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what your Saturn is in? <clears throat> Not off the top of my head. The Saturn, my Saturn oh, okay. is in, mine's in Capricorn. <laughs> Okay. I don't know what that means. All right. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> so this is saying that usually I feel like every well the first time when you're when you turn 30, that's your first Saturn return, right? And it's often depicted as this like life, like a quarter life crisis, whatever you want to call it. But basically, like around that time is when we really start questioning like who we are, what we're doing with our lives, what choices are the right choices for us at that time who we kind of want to leave behind you know mm-hmm. because as we've talked in previous episodes not not everybody is meant to stay in your life forever right some right. people it's like a revolving door some people come in some people go out and you just outgrow each other and it's yeah. nothing personal but like you know it's just how it is but yeah i just remember my Saturn return was a shit show i was just like i went kicking and screaming i was like i don't want to turn 30 oh but like now that i'm 30 i'm like all right 
Like, this is what it is. It's really not that bad. I feel like you make a lot of life-changing decisions in your 30s, too. Like, do I want to have kids? Am I going to get married? Am I, like, really looking at buying a house? You know? Am I joining a cult? (laughs) Um, I will take the latter. I will take all of that bullshit. (laughs) This little uh, description for Saturn says Saturn represents limitations and restrictions. It allows us a degree of awareness within the limits imposed by our destiny. The sign where Saturn is shows how we interact with these aspects. Okay. So there you go. Let's do a whole thing about Saturn return. Yeah, let's do a whole bonus episode on that. Mine says my next return is in 25 years, 2048. Oh, wow. We have to ask um, two Geminis and a Leo. I don't know if you listen to that podcast. Okay. By the way, guys, we are not astrologists, astrologers. We're into it, but don't don't believe anything we say. We're probably wrong about everything. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Do you want to talk about um, some witch core in media? I think this is our, we left our off. last little bit. We've already mentioned that uh, watching films that fit the aesthetic is a good way to immerse yourself in witch core. Um, but that's not the only form of media. So you can also choose books. I'll, I'll, you know, the other thing we just started talking about is our music, like our music catalog, not just the Magnolia Street album, but we're starting on uh, Discord. A, all the songs we mentioned on here, but B, like all the songs that give us the practical magic vibe. So um, definitely music. It's so, so moving. Um, So some some films, though, back to the media, some films you can consider are Harry Potter, Hocus Pocus, Kiki's Delivery Service, Fantastic Beasts, The Craft, which we mentioned, Matilda, so cute. Uh, a movie called Gwen, which I've never seen. Never Never heard of it. Have you heard of it, though? I have not heard of it. Yeah, I've never heard of that one. Practical Magic, The Witch, which is my, amazing. I love that movie. Um, Black Philip. <laughs> He's my favorite. <laughs> uh, I Married a Witch, The Blair Witch Project, The Wizard of Oz, Rosemary's Baby, Eve's Bayou, and Maleficent. I'm sure there are many, many more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So some books you can get into if you're looking for the witch aesthetic are, uh, what is that, Cirque? Circe. Circe. Circe is... Cersei is a character from Game of Thrones. Oh, got it. Yeah. So I don't know if that's the same Cersei by Madeline Miller. I don't know if it's talking about the same character, um, but that's how you say it. Okay. Yeah. We got the the Harry Potter series, the All Souls trilogy by Deborah Harkness, the Green Witch, Aaron Murphy Hiscock, Practical Magic by Alice Hoffman, uh, the Once and Future Witches by Alex Harrow. And Alex is spelled A L I X. The Year of the Witch, the Year of the Witching. Alexis Henderson, the Complete Book of Incense Oils and Brews. That one doesn't have an author listed. The mm-hmm. Witching Hour by Anne Rice and Beautiful Creatures by Cami Garcia. So those um, all they're... seem to be like I don't know, like maybe adult fiction or fantasy, except for the Complete Book of Oils, Incense and Brews. That seems a little more metaphys on the metaphysical right. side not really fiction and there i think you and i should do our own um because these are these are really great examples but i have so many books that scream witchcraft to me personally that that are fiction Mm -hmm. um that aren't on this list and i want to talk about them so we could do maybe a bonus episode for for stuff like that because really any of alice hoffman's books like blackbird isn't 
Blackbird House, one of her books, and like The Secret Garden to me is such a magical book without having any witchcraft in it, but just also, connecting with like nature in that way. Yeah, Garden Spells by Sarah Addison Garden, Allen is yeah. one of my mm-hmm. favorite favorite ones. Aside from Practical Magic, it's the only other book that I've read that has given me the Practical Magic kind of vibes. Mm-hmm. I've read that one. I like that one too. I really so I guess that. let's let's put that on the list of stuff we will of books yeah. we're gonna hit up in the later on. Yeah. All right. So this article comes from bus.com and this is all about how to dress as your favorite 90s pop culture witch. Uh, and this article is specific to the Halloween season, but if you want to use it in your everyday life and I guess your personal aesthetic, uh, feel free to follow this list. It says the 1990s were a turbulent decade when it when it came to fashion. On one hand, some trends have stood the test of time and experienced a recent revival like spaghetti strap slip dresses, scrunchies, and chunky heels. But others like tube tops have been consigned to the deep dark back corner of our collective wardrobes. During this definitive decade, one sartorial style stands out as changing fashion forever the modern witch driven Mm. by the rebellious fearless witches on our tv and movie screens witchy fashion became its own subgenre through the 90s and beyond while these women are serious style hashtag inspo all year round halloween provides the perfect excuse to channel your inner witch to the max and again this whole list is geared toward halloween but again if you want to gear this toward your everyday life and personal witchy style feel free to follow all of these um ideas so our first kind of area i have a question what's up so as stressful as your halloween season is would you do like what if halloween was like six months out of the year like would you could you would you could you do halloween all year long probably yeah me too (laughs) probably i don't need christmas i don't need any of the other holidays really yeah Um, is Avi the same? Avi's the same way. It's so yeah. nice that he's like just as gung ho yeah. for yeah. this time of year. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, man. I feel like I'm. I always grew up just like playing dress up and just putting on other personas. If not at school, because like in school, I I would have I would consider myself kind of like a Bonnie. Remember, like from the craft, or, or like she was like how she I was very kind of like withdrawn and like you know kind of yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of me in in school. I you know I didn't really put myself out there and like honestly in school I don't really feel like I expressed my style to the fullest like I feel mm-hmm. like I definitely held back a little bit mm-hmm. because like you know kids are cruel and you dress a certain way and you know you get made fun of so I kind of like I kind of just tried to fit in or not fit in or blend in rather blend in not oh, fit in yeah. blend in so like I, I wouldn't say my style in school was so crazy I feel like the older I got the more experimental I got with the stuff that I would wear so I feel yeah more so as an adult I feel like yeah I could I could dress up all the time I, I love dressing up I love any reason <laughs> or excuse to yeah. just like, dress to the nines and go out on the town yeah. And, yeah I uh I think I was the same way I just wanted to blend in because of all of the like negative shit that happened in grade school I was like I don't know what this is gonna be like and my older brother went to this school and he's three years older than me. So all the kids that knew him, like Marco's little sister, like I was already getting picked on. So I was like, no, I don't know what, I didn't want to wear like dresses and stuff. And I don't know if like, when did that term like fluid come around? Cause like, I felt like I was like out of place if I wore feminine stuff, but all the cool stuff, like all the cool witchy stuff was girly and I wanted to wear it, but I felt out of place wearing it. Right. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I think in like in the past ten years or so, probably that term 
had become more popular mm-hmm. and it became more okay to be kind of like if you wanted to be like androgynous like you don't have to adhere to either you know i guess gender norm whatever yeah the, but express yourself like madonna said in the 90s <laughs> <laughs> hey we're talking about the 90s we got to put that on a playlist we got to put that yes absolutely i love that song awesome do you so let's get back to our focuses do you want to talk about practical magic and kind of like we're just touching on this because we're going to do a whole freaking episode about the practical magic fashion and costuming and hair makeup and all that shit 100 percent. yeah this is just a little tip of the iceberg guys a little tidbit a little morsel if you will because i know I know we're kind of deviating from the script a little bit with this episode. It's not completely practical magic, um, but we know that's what you guys are here for. So we're going to give you this little bit for this episode yeah, yeah. to satisfy your hunger. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so one of the first focuses is practical magic. And that was from 1998. The costumes were designed by Judianna Makovsky. And mm-hmm. she also did Guardians of the Galaxy, Suicide Squad, Avengers, Captain America, just to name a few other films she worked on. Wow. Um, wow. Yes. Wow. So yeah, that's a that's a pretty, pretty uh impressive resume. Mm-hmm. Um, so Daniel Cohen says it perfectly. They say, with all due respect to TikTok, I am exhausted of witch style. What's <laughs> better than dressing like a witch? Dressing like a witch who dresses like a human. Yeah. Um, and Practical Magic, a movie that includes a song dedicated to Midnight Margaritas and also Stalker Channing wearing a rapid succession of enormous hats is proof of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is from the art. This is hilarious. Um, yeah. So it says, besides Nicole Kidman's tiny sets of glasses and the aunt's lavish style, the girl's fashion is pretty sensible. And I have Agreed. to interject here for a second. Those oh. uh, little uh, glasses, those little... Yeah. Tiny lens glasses that Nicole came in. I, I can't even tell you how many pairs of those I had. Really? Do you have any so, pictures? Oh, yeah. Somewhere. My mom has all of my old, old teenage pictures, but I have so many of those. Yeah. We need to do, sure. I need to get a set because then we could do a bonus episode and talk about like the, um, the like syrup that they make together when she's wearing them. Does she wear them at the pool too? She is wearing them I at the pool. Say, yeah, I think were they orange or they were they yellow lensed uh, glasses at the pool? I think they were. I feel like oh, they had you color might be right. lenses. The ones at the pool, I think, had colored lenses. I feel I like. think they were yellow, and then the other ones are pink, red, something oh. like that in in the apothecary it, okay. pantry. All right, we'll have to we'll have to revert back to the scene and see. I want some now. <laughs> Wait, so you were you were still like very very young when I guess those glasses were a thing, right? Yeah, I was I was not sporting those. Um and then theoretically a rom-com Practical magic is underrated as far as pop culture witches go and provides an excellent opportunity for a duo costume. Released in Mm. 1998, it features late 90s jeans and tank top combos alongside some cute dresses and chunky knits. As most of the film takes place in the Owens family home, the outfits are often nothing special, but they do reflect the aspects of the sisters' personalities, sarcastic and practical for Sally, and impulsive and fun for Rose. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Wait, that was copy-pasted. Okay, Jillian is now Rose. Wait a minute. Our card. Okay, not only the card, but another crossbreed between Practical Magic and Titanic. Oh my god. What the hell's happening? We're in an alternate dimension. Um, uh, yeah, that was not supposed to say Rose. I'm pretty sure that was supposed to say Jillian. <laughs> yeah. Rose. 
Um, the key to practical magic costumes is the contrasting hair color of the two women, red for Jillian and black for Sally. After that, there are a couple of options. Sally is usually in jeans and boring tops. By the way, I don't think Sally's tops are ever boring. I think they're so I think cute. they're quaint. Yeah, Aren't I think they're they? very they're sweet. Adorable. Um, while Jillian goes for more whimsical feminine dresses. In the scene where they bury Jimmy's body, both women wear maxi skirts and black fitted tops, a look that is easy to recreate. The most memorable scene has got to be the Owens women drinking midnight margaritas. So wear your pajamas, pigtails, and grab a glass for that simple look, which we did on so, our very live stream. We <laughs> did. It was so comfy. It was so very comfy. comfy. We'll have to do more of those uh, comfy mar- midnight margarita live streams. What did your mom say? You're going to do a live wearing that? Yeah, yeah. She was like, you're in your pajamas for a live stream? I was like, you don't get it. <laughs> It's Midnight Margaritas, Mom. We next have The Craft, which we kind of talked about already, but that came out in 1996. And the costume design was by Deborah Everton. And they also did Battlestar Galactica, The Abyss, and Spy Kids. So The Craft first hit the big screen, bringing with it the entirely unique school uniform aesthetic from fishnet skirts. And gothic chokers to cross-bearing jewelry. The film featured Robert Tunney, Feruza Balk, Nev Campbell, and Christine Taylor, Rachel True, and Skeet Ulrich. How cute was Skeet Ulrich? Yeah. He was a jack hat, but he was cute. <laughs> so they played, uh, so the main girls' characters' names were Sarah, Bonnie, Nancy, and Rochelle. And the, oh, didn't um, Rachel True come out with her own tarot deck? He did. Yeah. Oh, we should talk about that at some point. Yeah. The four girls were at the center of this 1996 cult classic. This is like the epitome of the 90s witch fashion, which we discussed. These girls were the original beach goths. Oh my God. So true. Beach goth? What a a term. That's a term too? Beach goth. I've never heard of that one. Yes. Known for wearing oversized black garments with boots and silver jewelry. As a group, they had a highly defined style that each girl put her own spin on. And they used their clothes to mark themselves as outsiders and to validate their witchcraft. They really did make it their own style. So we have black, metallic, and spiky. Gothic chokers were the prerequisite for the witchy click. Yes. Oh my God. I had to read that three times in my mind. (laughs) From earrings to stack necklaces bearing your soul and parentheticals and religion in the form of jewelry spread like wildfire wildfire so much freaking jewelry like that like crosses and the rosary necklaces oh my god i can't even tell (laughs) do you still have any oh yeah somewhere it's i i have like a little box up in my closet here of like all the jewelry like some of the jewelry that i used to wear Mm -hmm. and yeah a lot of it is like that kind of stuff Oh my god. Had so little cross th- dangly earrings and my small framed glasses. Team Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> the easiest way to immediately reference the craft is to recreate their school uniform looks. The basics are a plaid miniskirt, a white t-shirt or long sleeve top, and black knee socks or tights. Bonnie favors brown boots and a leather jacket. Is Bonnie um the one with the back scars? Yes. Okay. And Rochelle is the diver who, uh, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, and while Rochelle goes for suspenders and Oxfords, Sarah is partial to a vest and loafers. And Nancy is the ultimate goth with smudged eyeliner and cross jewelry. I don't know if the mic was able to pick that up, but that was ultimate I heard goth. you. Okay, cool. <laughs> Deborah Everton reflecting on the costume jeweler. So I'm supposing this is taken from an interview with Deborah. 
They say the idea of delving into the personalities of these four girls was very exciting. I was a little daunted at first as a lot of it is very Catholic school uniform, but after thinking about it for a while, I realized that I can make even the uniforms character driven. And since they are actually in those uniforms most of the time, that was the important aspect of the film. I went to an all girls boarding school. Oh, wow. I went to an all girls boarding school and the idea of a uniform was just soul a soul crusher. I can wholeheartedly agree. It was fine so long as you wore a skirt, tights, or knee socks, a blazer, or a sweater, and it had to be gray or blue. I think that took the pain out of it a little. It made girls realize that they would that they could work within the rules and still create an identity. See, that's cool. That's so different than what my school was. So it seems like some private schools have a little leeway as long as it's the basic colors. Mm-hmm. Um but they also go on to say at the fittings, I roughly figured out in my head who each girl was. And I very loosely gave each of them the element for when I got stuck. So I could always go back to the elemental thing. Oh, so does that, do you think she's saying like their elements that they like, kind of embody in the film? She like earth, air, fire. In, yeah. That they, that she put in their costuming. Probably. Um, Neat. I think, I don't, I don't remember. I think in, you know, the scene where they're walking through that cave onto the yes. beach and they're all holding an animal or like yes. some kind of like thing in a jar or something. Yes. I don't remember if it was Rochelle that had the fish, but if you notice, she's the diver. And yes, she, she is. I don't remember if she like calls the corners, if she's the water, she hails to the guardian of water. I don't remember if it, if that's her or not, but I always thought it was interesting how like they, it, it, they like interplayed the elements in that whole movie. And even that the chant feel- they do in the woods when they go earth, air, fire, water, they were very yeah. element driven in that movie. I feel like I'm gonna I'm looking it up. Sarah is earth. Okay. Um, Bonnie is air. Is she the one? That, is she the one holding the jar with the butterfly? Yes. Um. Oh, you're right. Rochelle is water. Yeah. And that makes uh, Nancy fire. Okay. All right. Cool. Then- that makes sense so now we're going to talk about sabrina the teenage witch and that was on from 1996 to 2003 i didn't realize it ran that wow did you you watch it that long i didn't watch it consecutively that long no i no. all right i wasn't a super fan of this show like i said i have a bit of a disdain for canned laughter (laughs) yes i can understand canned laughter shows um but Melissa Joan Hart was the epitome of the 90s so they had so many guest cameos too it was ridiculous I think I do remember Britney Spears being on on that show Britney Spears in sync Sabrina the Teenage Witch was costume designed by Kimberly Engelman Allison McInnes Greg Filer Ronald V. Barry and Philip Maldonado wow that's a it's a team it's a whole freaking wardrobe I think they all did different um number of seasons okay okay yeah because that 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 did run for a very long time um so Sabrina could literally snap through her closet note beginning credits where she could change her outfit her outfit with magic in the earlier seasons we see her in more oversized outfits velvet everywhere see-through tops with tank tops underneath platform flip-flops and butterfly clips can't forget the butterfly clips (sighs) micro cardigans and can you say shrugs <laughs> she weren't they shrugs. called shrugs where is it those like little mini cardigan sweaters that go up to like your i guess your ribs? chests yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, i didn't i did enjoy sabrina's style in the earlier seasons i felt seen okay. i feel like because they she had like that over like the big jeans the docks you know the oversized shirts and i was like cool 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 All right yeah 
like the mom jeans those are back now too right i think the mom jeans back i could probably get into those yeah i have like one pair i'm feeling real fluffy thanks <laughs> since thanksgiving <laughs> um yeah me too <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right so crimped hair shimmery eyeshadow and don't forget the crop top uh aunts hilda and zelda were fashionistas too zelda rocked a full bodysuit once or twice hilda was not afraid of feathers or a leopard print Sabrina Spellman was a risk taker when it came to her fashion choices as well as her, as well as her spell casting and in both cases the results could be a little hit or miss. She was a true 90s fashion victim experimenting with cropped cardigans, turtlenecks, collared shirts, uh velvet and sheer fabrics to varying levels of success. She was also a devoted fan of chokers in their many incarnations and Sabrina's aunts Hilda and Zelda also wore outfits that were a fashion highlight of the show. They were always dressed in colorful, youthful, and experimental styles, despite the fact that they were supposedly 800 years old. Right. Um, by the way, I love their versions of them on the Netflix original. They're they're cute. I, I love that show. Um, so Sabrina's most definitive feature was, of course, her blonde half-up hairstyle that she often accessorized with giant bow or clip. Pair that with her quintessential choker, some layer tops, and chunky jewelry. Pull on the most unflattering pants you own. <laughs> good to go. Black cat preferred, but not essential. Nice. I think the black hat is essential. Essential. <laughs> Listen, can you and I add to our topics list like the trope of witches and having aunts raise you? Okay. Because that's like a bit. So practical magic and then um, what is this? Sabrina and yeah. the good witch. No, maybe not like raise you. But, like, the aunt is very prevalent in The Good Witch. And which is in East End, aunt, the Aunt Wendy comes back or whatever. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Like, the witchy aunt trope. There's always a witchy aunt. There's like. always a, I I want to be the witchy aunt. So, um, <laughs> this isn't really, like, a witchy one, but I wanted to touch on just Christina Ricci's character in Casper. I think they just came out with that show Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I heard Christina Ricci make, makes a debut or a a cameo in that and she's just so freaking talented just a quick touch on casper uh it came out in 1995 because listen she can see ghosts so she's got some kind of like parrot like sentient clairvoyant something or other and that castle and that castle i feel like if you live in a castle you're automatically a witch (laughs) (laughs) if you got a house like that and you're like the epicenter of your town's halloween party you're a fucking witch i hate to break yes Yes, 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 yes. That young man was so handsome. I wrote down his name initially and then the notes disappeared. So I forget that boy's name. Oh, Devin um, Sowell. Yes, Devin Sowell. Thank he you. Was, he was he was the 90 it it boy. Thank you. Uh, so Casper came out in 1995 and the costume design was by Rosanna Norton. And Rosanna also did Airplane, which, <laughs> wow, I love that movie. Um, oh. They did Angels in the Outfield and Detroit Rock City. Wow. So um, I liked Christina Ricci's character, uh, Kat, because she had like such a like tomboy aesthetic. She had the jeans and she would wear like the Henley shirts, which is like a long sleeve shirt with like three or four buttons or like just like a sweatshirt. But then she had like a whole few scenes in a wedding dress. And I'm like, you can do both. Okay, you can do both. Did she rock the flannel in that movie? I don't remember. I don't think maybe maybe but she also wears like chokers and and uh like super wide headbands so mm-hmm. I, I consider her like a 90s little witch yeah yeah um i remember seeing her in well she was like in all the 90s movies um 
but mermaids with Winona Ryder and Cher. Did you see that? Did you ever see that movie? Oh, yeah. One of my favorite uh, ages ago. One of my favorites. And then also she was in Now and Then. Yes. Was like an I cast. wanted to be her then. Laura yeah. Birch and um who else was in that movie? There was a couple there were a couple other other girls, famous 90s actors yeah. at that time. And I think was Devin Sawa in that movie too? I think he played her love interest in that movie too, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, I don't know. I could be mishmashing my 90s movies, but <laughs> I feel like some part of my memory is clinging to that notion. To Devin Sawa. Yeah. But like I feel like Christina Ricci was always kind of typecasted. Like she always played the tomboy, right? In like every movie. Yes, yes. Take us to 1996. All right, I'll take you to 1996 with some Charmed action. Charmed aired from 96 to 2006. I can't believe it aired that long. I don't remember remember it going all the way into 2006. Wow. Um, But the costume design was by Eilish Zabraski, Daniela, oh God, I'm going to fuck this name up. Schwendenetter. (laughs) With a silent G. Is it? Schwent- Schwentner. I'm going to say Schwentner. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Daniela Schwentner. That's a, that's a crazy spelling. Count it. Um, Molly Harris and Molly Harris Campbell. But basically, I have no idea where to begin with the show. It had every 90s style trend I can think of. Um, as any true Charm fans know, the Hollowell girls channeled similar but distinct interpretations of a 90s style to fit with their personalities. So Phoebe as we know, played by uh, Alyssa Milano. She's the youngest. She often wore more on-trend and eye-catching outfits, while Prue, played by Shannon Doherty, rocks sophisticated- How do you know these things by memory? I don't know any Dude. of these things. They're 90s actresses. I, I watched so, I watched so much point. TV in the 90s, Christina. Like, like <laughs> pop culture was my jam. Like, I awesome. was in it. I was in it. I just remember, I, I loved their style. Their style was like, you know, what all the girls were wearing in high school. It was very trendy, like this said. Um, so Prue, played by Shannon Doherty, rock sophisticated business chic. And Paige, which I think we established some point before, that was the Rose McGowan character that came in to replace Shannon Doherty when she left. Okay. Um, she was a little more conservative with a penchant for mom jeans. And then you had... Um, Piper, who was played by Holly Marie Combs, I think her style was a little more earthy, a little more down to okay. earth. Um, I don't really remember too much about her character. She wasn't my favorite character. Um, <laughs> okay, I was like, I was like Alyssa Milano. I was always Team Phoebe. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> like you're shaking your hand in the air, yeah. Team Phoebe. But uh, because like you know, I grew up watching her on Who's the Boss. So yeah. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I love Lisa Milano. Angela um, is the boss. Angela is the boss. <laughs> they could all agree on the quintessential 90s fashion item, the crop top. The Hol- the Hollowells wore crop tops to work, on dates, and fighting demons. <laughs> mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. girls were so committed to crop tops, they even wore them as pajamas. And as wow. the season passed, the forgettable fashions of the 2000s crept into the show, but we were also blessed with the arrival of Paige, who somehow managed to make ugly tank tops and bootcut jeans look good. So go, go, mm. you go, Rose McGowan. You go, Rose. You go, Glenn. Another Rose. <laughs> oh, another Rose. So, so many roses. Yeah. There's a lot of roses in this episode. Yeah. Um, so the most recognizable outfits for, uh, from Charmed consisted of slip dresses, minimalist makeup, straight hair, strappy heels, an outfit that can easily be replicated with the clothes you already own or supplemented by a trip to the thrift store. 
Um, this oh. would be a killer group costume, but could also work alone, especially with the addition of some homemade props, like a copy of the Book of Shadows or a cardboard dagger. Or, you know, just show off your time-freezing powers and vanquish a demon fuckboy at your next costume party. <laughs> fuckboy. And they spelled it with a B-O-I. I love so that word, by the way. That word. Fuckboy. So, it always makes me laugh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right so christina Dude, take us into halloween town because i feel like i only saw that movie once like ever okay so uh halloween town is kind of um I, I hadn't watched it in a long time and i put it on last year for the first time and i was like this is cute this is cute because the main character like wants to be a witch and is like proud to be a witch and she talks about how it's like an earth based uh spirituality so that's why i liked it but Halloween Halloween Town came out in 1998, and the costume designer was Brienne Gletov, and uh, Brienne also did costuming for Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, and the 1977's The Hulk and Columbo. Um, and I don't have a bunch of notes for this, but I will just say that the um, grandmother, Grandma Aggie... Debbie Reynolds plays the grandmother and her costume is like this velvety red, all red cloak. And that is like whimsigoth peak of existence. And even like the granddaughter, uh, the main granddaughter, she's on TikTok also. And it's really cool. She married the boy who plays the bad guy in the movie in real life. What? They got married. Whoa. So cute. Whoa. But uh, Grandma Aggie's uh, wardrobe is very whimsical in that in that film. So one day, I think maybe I'll have the courage to do an all red because Aunt Zelda also does an all red bodysuit at one point. So it, that's like a power power color. Yeah, man. Like that all, all I got. right back right back to Maria Owens's boots, right? Red boots. Yes. Yes. Right. Do you um, think that red is like this is might be a stretch, but like the menstruation blood, you know? that power there that's a good point and also also tying to you know the women's your a woman's connection with the moon Mm -hmm. is a very powerful thing i feel like so should we we talk about the color red you might be (laughs) on to something uh take us to 1993 hocus pocus because you watch this more than i do and i feel like i didn't need to put notes here because you could just talk about this movie all day Oh, geez. There's so much to say about this movie, though. But basically, this movie came out in 1993. The costume design was by Mary, I want to say Vought? Vogt? V-O-G-T. Vogt? Not sure how to say her name. Well, first of all, the kids, let's just say, were very 90s. Very 90s kids. Yes. Uh, Max Dennison with the baseball cap, like those, like, I don't know, like Jordan Big-ass jeans, jacket. Like his big-ass jacket. Jordan's um, jeans. Yeah. And then you had Thora Birch, which, I mean, she was in a, a witch costume the whole entire film, so I'm not as exactly sure how um, 90s you want to deem that. But yeah, uh, if anybody saw the new Hocus Pocus, there's a little bit of an Easter egg. There's a witch in the very beginning scene who um, Thora Birch, her outfit in the first Hocus Pocus is oddly resemblant of that witch's that other costume, costume that other witch's costume yeah. so there's a little easter egg there and then we have um the sanderson sisters which i freaking love all of their costumes would you consider that whimsicott their costumes and hocus yes Pocus? yeah i would yeah, yeah they like, have all those like jewel tones like the greens and the purple yeah. and winnie is red isn't she is she red i think mary was red winnie has is like green and purple and then okay. sarah jessica or uh what's her name is her um, real name Sarah? 
her name is Sarah in the movie too. Yeah. Um, Sarah Sanderson. She's actually she's purple, purple and red. Got yeah, it. Purple, yeah. Purple and red. Yeah. Um, I don't remember in the first one if her sleeves, because like her sleeves are sheer, but um, I can't remember if in the first one they were spider web because in the new one her sheer sleeves are spider have like a spider web kind of pattern in them. Sweet. Yeah, I think they I think they um they tweaked the costumes a little bit for the newer one. Yeah, facelift a little bit of update. Um, but <laughs> you know they're they didn't stray too far from the original aesthetic of what the witches looked like. Um, I think they connected the dots and the span of time pretty well right um but i would definitely i would definitely consider that some kind of like whimsigoth or i don't know if you want to consider it witch core um but i would yeah i would i would say they're like a mishmash mishmash of all all that stuff yeah yeah um so yeah hocus pocus they're a central witchy figure in pop culture so yeah and a killer halloween like trio costume I love whenever I see people pull pull that off. Um, I've seen there were there's been a few running around Salem, like a group of people doing that costume. <laughs> always like, oh my god, it's amazing. I always like, I always wish that like, I had like two other like friends here to do because like I wanna, I would love to just like like pull off the Sarah Jessica vibe. I was gonna ask you who would you be? Of course, I would totally want to be Sarah Jessica because you have the voice. Do I? oh like like her little lullaby like oh. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i've always wanted to cover that song in like an eerie it's, like lullaby i love it it's um, already eerie how do you make it more eerie change the um the... there's ways oh. there's ways to make yeah there's ways we wanted to oh. do like a little me and avi wanted to do like a because we had our our band a while ago we wanted to put like a little bit of a um not metal but we were we, we weren't metal at all but like like a kind of like what's the word progressive style to it okay a bit. Um, like a little harder of an edge yeah like a little bit more of an edge i think but still maintain that lullaby-esque feel to it yeah um yeah awesome so, i freaking love hocus pocus I could if you about- i know if you decide to ever do that song patreon yeah. hopefully <laughs> hopefully one day we'll get around to it yeah so lastly we have we're going to talk about buffy if you think of like a w- 90s witch aesthetic that we didn't hit let us know maybe we'll talk oh, about yeah. it in another episode um and buffy's not even like a w- i i did not watch buffy i probably should not I- be the one talking about this Okay, you didn't either. But, but okay. I know that Willow, who was played by Allison Hannigan, is that her name? She was in Mary. I believe Pie. so. She played yes. Lily in How I Met Your Mother. She played Willow, Allison Hannigan. She played Willow in Buffy, who her character was a witch, right? Yes. The yes. show was mostly vampires, but I think there was They also- had other supernatural stuff yeah, in there. It was like a mishmash of stuff. But yeah, I never watched yeah. Buffy. I couldn't ever get into it. So I'm also not a very good person to <laughs> talk about <laughs> segment. Um, but, but that's we'll Sarah Michelle. Yes. Sarah Michelle Geller. Buffy aired from 1997 to 2003. The costume design, um, and again, this is uh, over different scenes. Um, seasons spans cynthia bergstrom susanna puisto puisto matthew van dyne and terry dredsbach 
Wow, what a name. Uh, so Buffy's style evolution was uh, as badass as her slaying skills as she transitioned from the girl next door to the vampire vanquishing vixen. Wow, alliteration. Yeah. Most of her outfits would still fly today, relying on overalls, maxi skirts, and fitted jackets as she alternately worked boho and sophisticated vibes. Willow, and that's that's who we were talking about, right? The, yes, that's which was the witch. Yep. Willow's style was goofy and awkward, with a real thing for with a real thing for weird hats, resulting in her outfits being being some of the most memorable of the series. Buffy's most iconic looks has got to be the red pleather pants. Girl, I had a pair of black pe- pleather pants once, and Ooh. I felt so cool. I wore them to <laughs> church. <laughs> what? I was also like 12. <laughs> oh my god, I'm crying. Why did you wear pleather pants to church? Oh my god. Is that like slick? Dude, did you ever see that episode of Friends where Ross is wearing those leather pants? <laughs> yes. He's trying to get them off in the bathroom. He puts the baby powder down his baby powder. <laughs> That's my favorite episode, hands down. Oh my god. All right. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> But as these bad boys are sadly not readily available in, t- in 2017, was this when this was written? Her other looks can probably be more easily recreated. Buffy's Buffy loved knee-high boots and socks with a passion. I'm still crying. Hold on. <laughs> I'm just picturing your your leather pants. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Add a mini skirt and fitted top, then top it off, then top off the look with a leather jacket and don't forget the hair clips. I think add a leather jacket to anything. Yeah, man. It's all about the leather, the pleather, everything. Oof. Y'all, that's what we have for you today for 90s witch witch fashion and witch core. I think this is what we're adding onto this episode. Is that it? Is that everything? That's it. All right. All right, guys. So that is about all we have for you for today as far as 90s witch fashion and witchcore and everything that enveloped, I guess, how the typical 90s witch would dress. And if you want to dress like that, bring a little bit of that style into your everyday wardrobe. Um, Those are just some tips and tricks and some guidelines if you if you want to do that. So and we would love to see it. Send us yeah. pictures to our Instagrams. Tag us. Say, this is my 90s witch core. At Magnolia Street Podcast. <laughs> yes. Um. So, yeah, we do have a little bit of an announcement. Um. <laughs> when did we come up with this? Like, I don't know, two weeks ago? Uh, no, like last Wednesday. Oh, when we did our... Okay, so, yeah, we did our first Facebook Live ever. So, thank you to... Was it Anna Kim, and Kim? And Kim. For- popping on there some of our patrons um checking out our facebook live um and they actually came up with this idea they want they requested this so we are doing this for for you guys for the patrons so if you guys want to um join in on our book club we are going to be starting that up in the new year on our discord server um and i guess we're going to start with what book one practical magic book one yeah definitely we'll start with book one so we're gonna take a little section every month and on our discord there is a text uh, channel and also a voice channel so as we read through for the month we can talk about it and we'll get through we'll get through this book together and we'll talk about all things practical magic og practical magic we haven't selected a, a specific start date just because we know like new year's is kind of busy uh but the closer it gets we'll let everybody know and then through 
January into February, we're going to start reading Practical Magic together. So come along with us so we can talk about it. Yeah, that's going to be fun. And also, I'm excited to do a screening or something, some kind of watch party on our Discord server as well. I think that would be yeah. a lot of fun. Um, yeah. yeah. So if you want to um, join us on our Patreon, we're at patreon.com slash Magnolia Street Podcast. You can join for as little as $1. Um, if you want to yeah. get in and weigh in on our discussion, take play- take uh, kind of take part in our polls and mm-hmm in on the discussion you get to help decide what our upcoming topics will be that we'll talk about on the show um and then what's the next one that our three dollar tier we get our show notes everything we talk about on the show you can get in one little nice aesthetically pleasing pdf file if you want to download that you Um, also get our after hours thoughts where we talk about like the shit we were thinking about after the episode (laughs) airs and like oh i should have probably said that or oh i didn't know i felt that way and it's a lot of me being like justina is just so great she's so patient because she lets me read and justina's not girl (laughs) that's basically it you're so much better at those than I am because I'm just like, ah, the episode's done. We're done. Next one. <laughs> I never take the my, time to just like reflect on what we just did. That air element in my brain is like, you want to go back and like really think about what you said? Was that yeah. okay? Yeah. But that's our, our $3 tier, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, my fire sign is just like, on to the next, on to the next. Thing. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to rehash. the fuck it flame under your ass. <laughs> flame i love that um yeah so for the five dollar tier that's how you get into our private facebook community and our discord server and join in on all the fun virtual events like our facebook lives and you know all that cool stuff a watch party our book club all that you get bonus episodes too we have recorded um a few bonus episodes for for y'all justina talks about her, a tarot reading she got she got another one recently her trip to salem awesome stuff and they're like two hours it's a lot of extra content yeah all of that extra bonus those bonus episodes those are i think those are on the eight dollar tier the hey rose tier um along with any other audio visual material because gotcha. you know let's take a little i'm still like, learning yeah those take a little extra time and effort to edit and put together so those are available on the eight dollar tier and as soon as we start doing our um our song of soda episodes which our next episode coming out is our first song of soda episode um we'll start so exciting I know we'll start putting our songs on the $8 tier as well so in between all the song episodes because it might be few and far between um we'll have you know all a lot more bonus episode and you know content like that coming out for you just to uh satiate your hunger while you're waiting for more songs actually we had somebody ask on my personal Instagram account like where they can find the songs for the oh, podcast cool yeah. i was like we don't have any yet but they're coming um check out the patreon <laughs> yeah they're there they're, they're gonna be there soon guys we promise um yeah the next episode will be the very first one so hold tight they're coming we have a gmail magnolia street podcast at gmail.com we also have a twitter where we don't tweet we also we have don't. a tiktok we don't tweet where... at all. <laughs> the TikTok uh has those little uh clips of some of the show uh audio so we have tiktok and we have a voice feature on our anchor so if you want to leave us a little voicemail like the 90s where you had to leave a message on the answering machine go for it 
right? Um, <laughs> we don't have any voicemails yet, but um, hopefully soon. And on the next episode, guys, we're going to read some of our fan mail and some of the comments. And some of you guys have weighed in on, you know, some of our the episodes we have posted already. So we're going to get to all of those on the on the next episode. So stick around for that if you want to hear your um, stuff being read uh, live and on the air. Uh, we'll get to that very soon. Awesome. Too. Yeah. Cool, man. All right. I'm toasted. You yeah. want to go? <laughs> yeah, man. Cool. All right. So I'm Justina. I'm Christina. And we're the Stinas. And we'll, we'll see you next time. At that house down the street. At that house on Magnolia Street. Would you go down to Magnolia Street with the wisteria girl?